Hey friends, it's Jace. Oh yes, it's Char. And you're tuned in to Kiss and Tell Radio. I feel like it's been quite some time since I've seen you. Jace. That's a Char, right? It's been like two days. We just saw each other on Sunday. It's now Wednesday. We did. We had a full day. A full day. Panels and panels and birthday parties. Yeah, it was fun. Cake and booze. I had a lot of fun with you on Sunday. I had fun with you too. I'm surprised. Yeah. You usually hate me. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? You've let if Twitter. If you think Charlotte hates me, Twitter we're going to do a Twitter poll. Hashtag KAT radio. <laughs> you have let Twitter poison your mind. Mm-hmm. You know I do not. We got people around the world me. tweeting me. We just, you know, we don't always see eye to eye, and that's fine. That's what We're makes like the show work. We're like siblings. Anyway, we have a special guest, per the usual, in studio this week. I'm so excited about our guest. Are you excited? Hell yeah. Yeah, I am too. We're going to get into this, but we have the one and only Daryl Stevens. Ooh. He's a writer, actor, producer, author, and advocate. He starred in and been featured in nearly 100 productions, most notably Noah's Ark. He's currently living in Los Angeles with the rest of us and working on a number of different projects. Welcome to the show, Daryl. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're in the hot seat. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. How was your weekend? Busy. It was packed. I was supposed to also be at DeAndre's party, and I um On Sunday with on us. Sunday with happy birthday guys. to DeAndre. Happy birthday to you. It was cute. Very oh. last minute. Yeah, well, I got the I got the notice on Saturday yeah, afternoon, same. so I was like, "Oh, well, can I?" And then I just couldn't. Yeah. It was good. Lots of I booze. Tried. They had a concoction, this purple drink. I didn't know what was in it, but I took a sip and said, "Whoa!" I was, felt like I was in college again. They claimed it was just <laughs> vodka, but I think there was more to that recipe. They're good for a party. Uh huh. Those two throw a party. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Did oh, you go yes. Long Beach Pride at all? I was actually in Long Beach on Sunday and did not know Pride was happening. Oh, <laughs> you didn't see people walking around and glittering Did not rainbows. even know. Did not even know. I wouldn't have known if it had not been for Instagram. Yeah. I didn't see like, I found out afterwards because Rodney was there. Rodney okay. and oh, yes. Jesse Smollett apparently were there. Yeah, Uh-oh. Jesse and I, and I found, yeah, I found out that night that they were both there and I was like, but I, we were just in <laughs> Long Beach. Yeah, you know. I love Rodney. The last I saw Rodney was in New Orleans for NABJ last August. Speaking of running mm-hmm. into Noah's Ark, I have to I have to tell you because I, I purposely told Daryl I was going to save this story for on air. <laughs> so when I first met you, I moved to Los Angeles in June of 2014, just up and moved. So four years ago. Four years almost, ago, almost exactly. To oh, the day. oh yes, yeah. oh yes. And so when I first got here, you know, I was just literally flying by the seat of my pants. I didn't have anything situated. Like the job that I thought that I had, I filed the transfer for. I was working at, at Macy's as a makeup girl so I filed my transfer it fell through once I got here I was supposed to be at the Beverly Center so I was unemployed and Ooh. I didn't have solid housing it was a mess uh, but one of the highlights I, I ran into a few people like my first week here I ran into Retta I ran into uh, I can't remember the guy's name from Scrubs the white guy Zach Bra. yes yeah. oh I was I in the, I was in lips. an elevator with him I ran into Retta downtown LA so I was like 
in shell shock because I'm from friend of mine too. I see her all the time. Yes, but being from Chicago, I didn't run into people that I deemed celebrities unless I was like in studio for a taping or interning or what have you. Here you're at Starbucks. So right, right, (laughs) like literally, I'm like, oh Oh, my god, don't freak out. So. Um, when I first moved here, like I said, you were maybe the third or fourth celebrity that I met. I cannot remember for the life of me. I cannot remember the name of the play, but you were, you were in a play starring in a play and you played, I don't know if it was a drag queen or someone non-conforming. And I remember that when I went there, I also met Matt McGorry. And this was at the time when Matt yes. was just on Orange is the New Black. I have a photo with you. Yes. Wait, we have what? a photo together. We have a photo together. I'm completely pulling it together now. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, I met Matt. And yes. so I was. Asia sh- was there too. Asia Naomi King was there with oh, him. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. The writer of that play, Gary Lennon, the play was called Dates and Nuts. Yes. Uh, Gary, <laughs> Gary Lennon Sorry was uh, one of the executive producers on Orange is the New Black. Okay. He is now working on Power. He writes and directs wow. and produces Power. But at that point, Matt McGorry was on... He was just on he Orange. He had just been on Orange, but he had moved to uh, How to Get Away with Murders. So that Well, this was before Asia. How to Get Away with Murder. It was, because it was right before, the season before. Right, because so I remember meeting him again. and being like, oh my gosh, because I think Matt McGorry is attractive. But I, I was in shock that he had two legs because on Orange is the New what? Black, because on Orange is the New Black, he has a missing <laughs> oh, leg. Oh, that's right. He had a prosthetic leg Yes, he had show. a prosthetic yes, leg. Yes. And they did so well with, with the makeup and what yeah. have you that I thought that this actor really only had one, you know, bio leg or whatever. Yeah. And so he was in shorts. This was like summer 2014. And I was like, oh my oh, gosh. a whole ass calf. <laughs> right. <laughs> the off- and I remember him being with the black girl. It's just funny that That's I didn't. Who it was. I had That's no concept of yeah. Asia Naomi yeah. King yeah. back then. And now she's one of my favorite uh, Love her. actresses. Love her. But yeah, so I remember meeting you and I remember asking for a picture because I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. There's I completely Darryl. remember it. And now. you were like, I still have makeup on my eye. Like you yes. have like smudged yes. eyeliner, which you were like, okay. I was a drag queen in that Yes, show. I was, yes. I was <laughs> feisty, ready to kick somebody's ass drag yeah, And you did show. so great. But that was Thank like you. my story. What was it called? Dates, Dates and, nuts. and Nuts. Like nuts as in like. Nuts as in crazy, nuts as in balls. I was about to got say, it. it's a lot of euphemisms. and Got it, all kind of nuts. But every time that I've run into you after that, it's been like in passing, and you've just always been so sweet, so oh, nice. Well, Very mm-hmm. high and by, but that was like my time of meeting you, and I was like freaking out, like, yeah. oh my God, there's Daryl, and yeah. he's letting me take a picture, you know? Because that's the, that's the girl I was when I first moved here. Now, yeah. I would have been like, okay, I said hi. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Like, lose all, like, Matt was sitting next to me at my coffee shop, my like regular coffee shop uh-huh. in Avagori. And I wasn't going to say shit because we met at that play. And uh-huh. I was like, I'm not going to be in his face. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, I just turned to him, you know, turned sideways and said, listen, I met you at a play I did about four years ago. He's like, oh, yeah, you were great, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I just want to thank you for all your activism. Yes. You are, he's amazing. Thank you for being woke bay on Twitter. And, he's and amazing. Woke because bae. That's what makes him more attractive to that, me. That makes him so hot, right? Because he knows what he's talking about. And he's not Beauty. afraid to say it like he means it. He jumps right into it. I love and it. he links... He links resources and attributes. He credits people who need the credit. And he gives people who need their voices amplified yes. amplification. Yes. Which is That's incredible. what makes him like, oh my gosh, I'm over here fanning my. Yeah. You're <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, so I wanted to save that for on air because I, I was teasing Daryl before we started recording, guys. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. As soon as you said, I w- because I, I saw the pictures of, you know, of course, of you and from the. The, uh, podcast website, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I know her, but I, was, I couldn't, I could not place <laughs> well, where? it. And that's, it was that's dates it was. and nuts four that's years exactly ago. I met Joel on a rooftop, but not like a fancy one. 
we had to literally had to climb a ladder to get there. Tell what? the story. Yeah. The ghetto. It was, it was one of those, it was Beverly Hills. Oh. It was in Beverly Hills. So Daryl and I have a mutual friend, um, Logan, and really, actually really good. He actually directed the pilot I just did. And so I met Logan, oh, I think raved, I was still he in college. He raves about your pilot. He talks, every time I talk oh. to him, he raves about it. Yeah. Oh, Logan, it's our good. photographer who took yeah, our Yeah, and okay. Logan actually did the graphic for the podcast. He shot that the oh, day yeah. after. Yeah. yeah. Where we look um, like a married couple. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's he did my headshots. Logan, yeah. Logan oh, yeah. Alexander is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. He's good. If you need some headshots, hit him up. Um, but we, he needed help with some old employer that has some 9021 snow event going on in Beverly Hills. Snow? So, snow, yes. Not as co- an not actual. Cocaine. Okay. I, listen, you got to be <laughs> oh, clear. Well, it is LA. Not, you got to be clear. Not this put, time. I didn't even put that together myself. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he asked me if I could help out and volunteer. Did we volunteer to get paid for that? No, we got paid. We got paid. Okay, sorry. I was like an intern. Um, but yeah, we end up on, my roof was the Gucci store and we had these machines that blew bubbles into Rodeo Drive. This is Rodeo Drive, right? While yeah, people, yeah. They, shut, they shut down the street. Well, I was and about was to say, like, were people driving and stuff? No, 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 still? no. no. Okay. Yeah, they shut down the street. And it was kind of like a like food vendors. People had like special um, like discounts. Say, how much did that cost? You shutting down Rodeo. It that's was a, a lot. High tourist. That, that, that's high traffic. Mm-hmm, they shut it down. And so I was in charge of this machine that needed to be refilled with suds every, about 30 minutes or so. Yeah. And we were each on a roof. Yeah, we were each so on a roof. So Logan recruited all of his friends mm-hmm. to go down to Beverly hills and work these machines where we're just basically shooting bubbles bubbles that look like snow okay onto rodeo drive and it was quite an experience we were were jumping from rooftop to rooftop it was i was was not you were trying to get like a liability did you guys have to sign like a safety contract anybody had fallen and jace refused to get on the roof Mm -mm. jace was like i'm not going up there there. (laughs) i was like i'm actually surprised (laughs) that jace refused to get on the roof because the jace i know would have been the main one on that we were on no it was on top of a roof on top of another roof so we were already up in the air that's right there was another ladder to get up even higher and it was a bullshit ladder it was not a real oh no and daryl was just like let's go and i was like fuck no Daryl you were on the roof <laughs> I yes. was on the See, roof I'm jumping from he was rooftop main... to rooftop Ooh. I'm like he was the main one and I, I was like mm, I have to make it back to Orange County I can't do this <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't well did you all happen to I know that everybody's talking about it we're just going to touch on it because I don't want to be in here all night did you all happen to catch any of the royal wedding I was asleep but okay. the day after when I woke up I saw the pictures you peeped the highlights. Megan looked great. I loved her after dress, not the one that she wore during the wedding, which was three hundred thousand dollars, which I mm-hmm. think is insane. Um, but the picture she with like the neck that was up. Yeah, that's like the reception after party mm-hmm. dress. I and know then it got into that little uh, the little buggy car and drove. I liked off. both of their dresses. Mm-hmm. I like. I mean, dresses both of her dresses. No. I was most impressed with her mom, though. I thought she just so cute. she just was yeah. so adorable and just the dreads, the nose ring. Just I love it. Lovely. Little My lovely favorites were Oprah, Priyanka, and the Beckhams. Yes. Priyanka Chopra. Oprah just, you guys know that Oprah can do no wrong for me, even though she, you know, but she can do it for me. <laughs> um, but, and I loved, the, like I said, the Beckhams. David Beckham cannot come to my wedding. He have to go home. Why? He I, looks that's, that's so what I good. Like, why would you invite David he Beckham to your wedding? He would he show is, me up. Well, that's how I feel about Priyanka. Priyanka can't Priyanka, Priyanka busts, Priyanka busts through, whether it is the royal wedding or a red carpet. 
Mama mm-hmm. comes through and mm-hmm. tips. Or an episode of Quantico. She's oh, right. Or Quantico. Beat on that as well. She's gorgeous. The now defunct Quantico. Oh, so many good shows got Rest canceled. What is going on? But we got Love Is coming out. I did see Amples. some of uh, the royal wedding, but I ended up falling asleep because the night before was Pierre's birthday party. Shout out to Pierre. Happy we hung out all weekend. Birthday, yes. And Every so by the time day. I got home, it was like three thirty a.m. And I was like, Shar, you really need to go Which to is bed. When it started, right? I, it, yeah, it was around time? two. Yeah. Yeah. So I was watching ABC. And I ended up, I, I didn't even catch a glimpse. Like, I just saw people, like, gearing up, revving up. Gail King told a story. Even though Gail is not on ABC, she's on CBS. I was, like, watching from my laptop, like, highlights <laughs> from my... Because the thing is, at first, it was like, I don't care about that shit. Like, I don't care. But then once I saw, like, the highlights, I was like, woo, woo, woo. And I saw, like, a lot of people's commentary. I was like, woo, woo. Maybe I do care just a little bit. But typically, I'm not, like, engulfed in the royal wedding and what the Brits are doing well, and all of that. Well, especially black. That's why I was more That's the only yeah. reason. That's the only yeah. reason I yeah. gave it a second glance at all. A fucking the, goal. The first prince's wife, Kate Upton. Kate Middleton. Well, <laughs> you yeah. said Middleton. Kate Upton. Kate. <laughs> so you, you see how much I care. Like, I really right. just, it just doesn't. Like, what's her name again? I just think about that clip uh, where they were trying to say that she's the most beautiful woman in the world because mm, of her nose. Yeah, mm. yeah. Black people were like, the fuck? Peach yeah, face. and and they had the black choir. The black choir set it yes. off. The, and, the, uh, and the pastor. The, yeah, from Chicago, Reverend Curry. Shout out to uh, Reverend Curry. Apparently, uh, had all those Brits' faces. Oh, cracked. oh yes, sure. they, 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 they were tied up. Yeah. <laughs> they were tight. I didn't watch it at all, but I did, see, I did see pictures of the mom. I thought, I thought she was adorable. I have to shout out Black Girl Magic, two women for Black Girl Magic this week, my own personal. The first of which is Stacey Abrams, who won the Democratic nomination for governor of Woo! Georgia Congratulations. on Tuesday, delivering a victory for the national liberal groups and elected officials who backed her historic bid. If elected in November, the 44-year-old Abrams would be Georgia's first woman governor and, and... The nation's first black woman at the helm of a state. We've never had a black woman governor in the United States. Shameful. Ever. In 2018. Um, She previously served 10 years in the Georgia House. She previously served 10 years in the Georgia House. And for much of that time, she was her party's leader in the chamber. chamber. Now, uh, the California primary, Kitty's listening. The California primary is Tuesday, June 5th. 2018 get information if you did not register to vote you missed the deadline girl because it was monday it (laughs) it was monday the 21st by midnight you had to register so i still think it should be uh illegal if you don't register to vote like i think you should be registered to vote automatically when you turn 18 that is that's what should happen that is true this shit about you have to go send this go yeah and do all of that i agree with you there's so much there's so much ridiculousness please vote like these midterm elections these primaries and like these are so 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 important so important yes the presidential election is important but these these are local lawmakers like we gotta get the right people in and the wrong people out uh, so please yeah. have y'all asses in the polls on Tuesday, June 5th. Also, my second black girl magic, of course, goes to Demita Joe. She is the first oh. black woman to win Billboard's Icon Award, like the Billboard what? Music. She is the, yeah, the first black woman. No Tina Turner, no Patti LaBelle, no Diana Ross, no Shaka Khan, no Aretha Franklin, none of them. Janet Demita Joe Jackson is the first black woman ever to win that award. And a lot of people were like, well, what about Beyonce? Beyonce, when she won in 2011, that was for Artist of the Millennium. Janet won Billboard Music Awards Icon Award. 
first black woman. So Congrats. we have, and you know, J Lo, Janet's former backup dancer, won that award. She did. Before, oh yeah, before Janet did. Wow. Mm. Ooh. Pol- the politics mm. of politics. <laughs> <laughs> fucking industry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you guys know, this is probably a really bad direction to go to, but I was reading the other day, I wanted to talk about this, but hotel pools are the cast pool of diarrhea and bacteria, according to the CDC. And wait, wait, said wait, that wait, 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 what? Public hotel pools, pools are a cesspool of, of diarrhea? Yes. Diarrhea? <laughs> diarrhea and bacteria. And I was reading this today on menshealth.com. What's the chlorine and, and filters for then? More than... 27,000 people have gotten sick from using public pools, spas, hot tubs, and water parks, according to the Center of Disease Control. Diarrhea? And the saying that is because people have diarrhea. That's disgusting. <laughs> water, and they let a little bit out. That is fucking disgusting. And people get sick from it. So watch out at the pool. <laughs> out of all the pools, public oh pools God. that I've been in, I've never gotten Vegas. sick off one. On the high of five star, be careful because that old ass man is letting it out and you're swallowing it or ingesting it into your pores. I have you're going off the deep end. I cannot. Have you ever gotten sick from a public pool? I never have. But Me you know either. what? I'm not a big public pool swimmer. I will swim in someone's When I was younger. Yeah. When I was a big public pool. Person. When I was younger, I was all in the public pools. I was at Deep River Water Park, Lions mm-hmm. Club. Shout out to the South Burbs of Chicago, Dolphin Lake. I was in all of those. I've never gotten sick off of a jacuzzi or even like in in LA. Like sometimes my friends will have I don't have a pool or jacuzzi at my apartment but i have a lot of friends that do i've never gotten sick off of that but i'll be keeping that in mind mm-hmm. see to me that would be a private like someone's apartment building that i would consider a private well, well and it doesn't get that much traffic because most of my friends it doesn't pools, get as much there's traffic. nobody in the pool ever right right like, a pool and apartment in Hollywood yeah is crickets you know what now that i think about it i remember as a kid taking swimming lessons at the ymca this little girl took a shit in the pool and it was like floating. That is Shut disgusting. Up. Like handicapped stairs. We, ch- we have to change the subject. Anywho. She was still embarrassed. Uh, yeah, Happy why summer, did she y'all. get her ass out of the pool? She know. can't control her rectum? She yeah, can't control, like uh, control her sphincter? Ooh, yeah, be embarrassed. <laughs> She my was, dad, she's a little girl, right? She was a child. <laughs> my dad. And floating uh, under the handicap stairs. My oh. father, before he retired, was a PE teacher. And, of course, in Chicago, PE uh, swimming was part of the curriculum. What? Yeah. Every yeah. High, damn near every high school had a pool, and it was part of our curriculum. Driver's mm-hmm. ed, health, swimming. Driver's ed at school? Yes. I was on the water polo team in high school. Yeah. Swimming Are you from California? Team. From L.A., from See, Pasadena. We, Come on, Speedos. Uh, in, Just my freshman year. Then after that, I got into dance. Sorry. Go really? Ahead. Go ahead, <laughs> At my high school, we had, well, my high school had money. My high school was a three-time Blue Ribbon Award-winning high school. Bill Clinton came and spoke there oh, and everything. Pet. We had an ice skating rink. We had kayaking, archery. We had different categories for um, for PE. But anyway, so my dad was a PE teacher before he was retired, and sometimes he'd play tricks on his students. And I remember one time he put a Snickers in the pool (laughs) and everybody flipped out. Uh, He fished it out and everything. But he just casually, while everybody's swimming, doing drills, dropped the Snickers in the bottom of the pool and everyone lost their mind. You had to evacuate. I would have never gotten in that pool again. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he ended up telling Oh, I feel so immature right now, but that's hilarious. To To move to a more serious topic, did you all hear about the NFL's new uh, rule for the National Anthem? How trash... Is I smell NFL? a lawsuit coming. So for those of you who don't know, you're required, you are required to stand 
for the national anthem. <laughs> if you do not want to, then you have to stay in the locker room, which I don't think is the same as as actually protesting. But you are now required. If you do not stand for the anthem, there will be penalties. Like you will be fined and things like that. <laughs> Where are I think we? it's so funny because. The Gilead, pe- Gilead. Okay, right. a bomb in Gilead. <laughs> but the people that recommend it, the kneeling, are people of that that are in the military. You know what I'm saying? At first, people were keep Colin in mind, Kaepernick went to somebody in the military yes. and said, "How can I do this respectfully?" Yes, mm-hmm. and the person said, "Rather than sit sitting, down, kneel." kneel. You're honoring a troop. And this echoes Trump's sentiment of yank that son of a bitch out of there or whatever he said. If people and I just feel like it's 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 muddying the waters is conflating a larger issue because it's never been about disrespecting the anthem. These protests have never been about disrespecting the flag or the anthem. They are silent or the troops. Protests. They somehow right. tied the troops into it. Listen, Daryl, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> they're all about they're all about deflection and, of course. Di- and diffusing the message. It's about and, bullshit. And and yeah, and distracting. So how do from... we feel about this? It's dumb. It's trash. Like being required to stand is it, the penalty is what monetary yeah <laughs> i have to pay because <laughs> i don't well, want to think stand more more importantly them. this is about silencing mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. dissent like if we are not able to to protest mm-hmm. peacefully then we we have no voice it's right? like what do y'all we, want mm-hmm. from us How, what what version of respectability are we supposed to mm-hmm. uh Adhere to, <laughs> yeah, to work towards. How how are you ever? We can't be respectable mm. and black. You can't do it anyway mm-hmm. and get away with it. No, so. it's like you can't win for losing. Right. There is a team. I I wish I would have taken notes on it. I saw it actually just before we started recording. I want to say one of the team's owners is being defiant with this rule. Like my players can do what they want to. Mm. I guess he Amen. recognized where the where the buck is because yeah. if the players band together, I mean I know no one wants to leave their good NFL check, but if they band together and decided to be like, listen, this is not how this is going to go, all of the white team owners will be up the creek. Because essentially, this was a room of white men who made this decision. It was mm-hmm. absolutely a room of white men. Yes, Those white men and it was the overwhelming decision. majority. Yes, and I think the other the other issue to you know, to a tackle on this is black folks watching football. If the NFL is telling mm. black people that their voices, their First Amendment right to free speech Doesn't is not matter. being honored by the NFL. Right. Yeah. And if they're telling black people that being killed by cops is not something that anyone needs to protest. That's how this all started. Mm-hmm. This is about police violence against black mm-hmm. black and brown bodies. This is mm-hmm. not about the flag, or not troops. about troops, not about a song. <laughs> although the third verse of the national anthem uh, is about slaves. Hello. So, I just learned that last year on when Twitter. Ka- when Kaepernick brought it up. Same here. But I feel like this is this is a call to action for black folks. If you think that your voice is worth a damn, mm-hmm. you need to use that uh, your your spending and your viewing power to send a message to the NFL to let them know this is not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's it, it's shaky ground, and I always think about the comparisons with the NBA to the NFL because the NBA they don't take that shit like right. the mm-hmm. NBA their voice. I LeBron, keep having white people have been writing me all day saying, "What about the NBA? I don't see you talking about that." Because like, the NBA they don't they, this wouldn't be happening with the NBA. I, be, I believe, based on the optics that I've seen, there's tons of NBA players that have been outspoken and have gotten penalties. I mean, we just yeah. dealt with LeBron and I think, was it Laura Ingram who told him to shut up and dribble mm-hmm. on Fox? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't really have this issue from what I have seen with the NBA. It is, it, it's an NFL thing and it's, it's disheartening and it, it will be interesting to see uh, if people will put 
their, I guess, their solidarity where their coin is. Yeah. Well, you, what, what, what will February look, a lot, look yeah. like with the Super Bowl parties? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, so that's very, very stupid. And I just smell a lawsuit coming from that because you can't control people to that magnitude. Right, to Sarah's light now. You can't, and especially if that was not in my contract. And if I'm not mistaken, the national anthem was not introduced to NFL games until like 2009. Like this is like a decade old. Like they didn't even used to do the national anthem at NFL games. Right, it was so, a baseball thing, right? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Baseball games. And in Chicago, that. it was take me out to the ball game. Rest in peace, Harry Carey right. at the Cubs. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's. It's like you said, it's a symptom of a bigger issue. And what we're looking oh, at yes. with this administration is silencing all voices who are not speaking to white supremacy. So really quickly, Jamie Foxx was announced as the host for the 2018 BET Awards. Do we care? Nah. I kind of just miss Award Monique. shows are I don't watch them anymore. I don't care. I don't know you who's know, on the carpet. I don't either. I am uh, I just mm. backed out. Our <laughs> former co-host uh, that used to be on this show, he and I, like, I branded myself as an award show girl. I love a party. I love an Oscars party, a BET Awards party. Something happened within the last year where I stopped caring. I still will notes. watch the Grammys. Um, right. I'm, I've become more of a Cliff Notes girl. Mm-hmm. I think it's because everything's so accessible. Like, in real time, I can get commentary online and someone is uploading Janet. Like, we were not, we didn't watch the Billboard Awards until it re-aired. Yeah. I already had seen <laughs> Janet's performance on <laughs> Twitter and then we rewatched it. So, yeah, he's hosting. Also, this makes me really sad because I love Carla Hall with all of my heart. But the Chew got canceled. It was announced that the Chew was canceled. <gasps> Yes, and mm-hmm. Good Morning America will now be extended to a third hour. Uh, NBC's The Today Show, we know, is a four-hour show, but they're going to do, like, Good Afternoon. And they did this once before when Josh Elliott was still in the good graces of ABC before that all of that mess happened. Um, and so, yeah, the Chew, it was announced that Michael Simon and Carla Hall and Clint Kelly are now out of a job. It says that uh, ratings plummeted after Mario Batali was kicked off of the show. Remember, the whole Me Too movement came from Mario's mm. wig, too. Um, if you all don't know who he is, he's the redhead who wore the Crocs, who likes spicy food. I watched The Chew, and I'm very, very sad about this. They say that they will tape throughout June, and shows will air up until September. And then that time slot will be Good Afternoon America until, I guess, they develop a new show. So Good Morning America will now be three hours. I also tweeted Good Morning America, and I said, listen, <laughs> if you all need a correspondent... <laughs> Seriously, and the third I hour. I know yeah. Stray. I know Michael Strahan and George Stephanopoulos and Robin Roberts and Lara Spencer and the girls are going to be tired. If you all want someone to come for the third hour, you'd, I you'd can, move to New York. I would. At this Amen. point, I would. Good I'm not confined you. to Los Angeles. I have to go where the opportunity and the coin is, and that's no shade. I do enjoy L.A., but whew, sometimes it can be daunting. Sometimes. Um, two more topics before we move on, really quickly. So, did you all hear about Michael Rotondo in New York City, the 30-year-old who had to be taken to the Supreme Court? His parents took him to the Supreme Court to to evict him. him. That's so wild. No. Yes. (laughs) They have tried kicking him out. They gave him $1,100 to get him on his feet. Squatters rights. He stayed in there with squatters rights. He thinks that he is entitled to six months. The judge, of course, sided with the parents and basically told him to get his shit and go. He wants to appeal it's a funny video because in, in the court, he represented himself and he kept trying to approach the bench. Um, it was, it's been a hot mess. If you guys get a chance, look up. I call this failure to launch. Remember the Sarah Jessica Parker mm-hmm. movie? Mm-hmm. Um, a 30-year-old man 
who lost custody of his eight-year-old son and lives at home with his parents, and he does not contribute in any way, like financially. Does he eat food out of that? Yes. Yes, he sits up, and they gave him $1,100 to get on his feet, and it went towards, I don't know, World World of Warcraft. I, I don't know, but it went to, he's just. I cannot imagine this happening to any other race. Well, actually, I've read, like, comparisons about how black people kind of, as a culture, we kind of push, uh, like, our children to get on their feet when other cultures, it's kind of normal if you're Dominican to stay, or if you're Greek, Ooh. to stay home Dominican until loves. you get on your feet. I think that's a general, I but think outside is of America is a general But I'm saying, like, getting. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said what? He said outside of outside America. of America, you 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 live with your parents until you get married. This this rush to get out of the house is yeah. well. Even I'd argue, even in New England, the yeah. whole Jersey Shore, Shore, Staten Island, like that whole community, they stay with their parents too. Right. Look, but right. thirty if my is live pushing. Closer, it. I would live with them. Thirty is pushing me? it. But anyway, he tried the hell out of his parents. Well, and thirty, th- you you would hope you have a job and a life to yeah. move you out of the house. I think it's. I think what we're looking at now also is with this generation is. Jobs are hard to find. Substantial jobs. Real jobs that can pay your rent are hard to find. I saw someone mm-hmm. on Facebook who's a peer of mine who lives in a different state who was asking people about jobs that pay $14 an hour. I couldn't imagine being, she's 28, 29, and she's looking for something to pay 14 an hour. I couldn't imagine that because I was not looking at 14 an hour. Like That was something I did in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggled even getting that, but I did such a, a drastic paid jump, but working, I work freelance and working freelance is kind of like you, you get what you can get because mm-hmm. there's no, like, there's it's all about your hustle. It really is. And there's no regulations on it. Cause yeah. if Char wants to do it for 20 an hour and Daryl will do it for 16 an hour, we're going to go with Daryl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Daryl will not do it for 16 <laughs> <laughs> to be noted. <laughs> Also, really quickly, um, so I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but Dominique Perry, who plays Tasha on HBO's Insecure, she was pregnant. I knew she was pregnant. Which character is she? Tasha on Insecure. The one that was trying to get it with Lawrence and Mm -hmm. then ended up getting with other. Got right, it. side chick, the one that works the one the that bank. worked at the bank. Yes. Yeah, yes. Ch- the Chase bank Ho, girl. as they called uh-huh. her uh-huh. on Twitter. So Dominique Perry announced that she was pregnant. We knew this. She did an uh, an interview with Essence. Yada yada yada. Well, she has given birth, and it turns out no one knew the baby's daddy. I thought the baby's daddy. Oh, she not mar- she not oh, coupled. Oh no. oh no, but I thought the baby's daddy would be someone other than who it is. So it turns hmm. out it just was dropped that the baby's father is. Uh, I always mispronounce his name. Bum, bum, bum. Sarunas Jackson, who plays Dro on season two oh. of Insecure. Dro, the, tall, the, tall, light the married guy that Molly was dipping and doing with Ooh. is Tasha's baby's daddy. They done met on set. They put an Angelina Jolie and a um, Brad Pitt. Oh, please. I'm pretty sure they're not the only two on that set dipping and doing. Oh, um, do we know that? Oh. <laughs> I'm going. Do you know something? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so that was revealed. But then it got messy because there was this girl that came out. There was this girl that came out. I do not know her name. I should have looked it up. Matter of fact, let me look on on the shade room right now because this is where I got this from. So there was this girl that came out who identified. I guess she was talking to Dro. And she found out with the rest of us that he is Dominique Perry's baby's father. She found out with the how rest of us it, on the blog. But how was it? I did. How was it? 
how was it determined? Did the, the mother she reveal posted, it? She posted, her name is Kaylin Zahara. Sounds like a drag name. <laughs> Bibi Zahara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, it sounds familiar. But uh, so she said, she posted a snap. Ladies, listen to your intuition. These dudes will be in your crib eating your food and laying up with you, taking you out on dates, etc. But got kids on the way without you knowing. Tuh, these insecure men can't Ooh. ever keep it 100. Congrats, though. So she claims that they were in some semblance of a relationship and this was this was sprung on her. But then she later doubled down and they both like released like him and her. So Dro and this girl, Kaylin Zahara, were basically like, oh, I was tripping, yada, yada, yada. I think he called her and was like and they worked out something because I think her first post was real. Like they were laid up and doing relationship stuff. Mm. And the whole time you got Tasha, you know, and I don't even know if Dominique who plays Tasha and him are a couple. I just know him to be the baby's father because right. when she sat down and did that interview with Essence about being pregnant, what went viral, the as, the, the tidbit that went viral is that she tried to holla at Jay Ellis and oh. he wasn't interested. Lawrence in real Ooh. life. She wanted to be his girlfriend in real life and he wasn't interested. So it's like, what's going on? Issa, Give the show a call and tell us what's going on on set. It's like a Tyler Perry film with the gays. What's going on on set? But anyway, (laughs) you said a Tyler Perry moment. It's just like a Tyler Perry film with the gays. They're not gay, though. He snuck that in. Well, we not Belshar. The cast of Insecure isn't gay. No, he was saying a Tyler Perry Perry film, film, but but with the gays. I'm still lost. Anyway, let's move on to the corner. If you know what I'm talking about, hashtag. <laughs> if you don't know what Jace is talking about, hashtag. Do me. you understand, Daryl? I, I did. Thank you. I well, think it was we said it backwards. Maybe it's, it's like, a gay thing. It's like a Tyler Perry film would be with gays. Oh. Right? Yeah, with On a Tyler gays. Perry film set. All the matches are allegedly homosexual. So I'm saying they're dipping and doing with each other on set. Well, they can't be allegedly home. They'd have to be allegedly bisexual if they're bisexual. getting people pregnant. Actually, this is another topic, but yeah. I mean, it is because things happen. The, the but whole sex having kids or anyways, you're, is this, got this sound, But this issue, this this insecure <laughs> issue, sounds like it's based in the show. Well, no, based <laughs> based in this notion of let's not talk, let's not be very clear about. Mm-hmm. The parameters of this relationship, we're just chilling. Yeah, we're kicking it. But now there's babies involved. That we need to be get clear. If you but ain't clear, but, to, clear, but if, if there are babies involved, clarity is necessary. Well, clarity On becomes clarity becomes necessary when the baby arrives. But until then, if you don't know, and and you are not married, somebody gonna or have to get hurt. Relationship, they could be then it's just kind of like we don't know. Yeah, you can be, but I say when babies are involved, if you ain't clear, you better be about the business of getting clear with yeah, all sure. with all those involved. Agreed. Once you can't bring a baby involved. into the world and not be clear. That's a Especially disservice money. to yeah. everyone involved. I'm basically saying if you are in a relationship and you want to be clear, mm-hmm. get clear. Yes. Right? Let's have some clarity. Yes. Let's talk about it. Okay. Yes. Let's be grown. be grown. So let's move on to the corner. And now it's time for the LGBT corner. So in 2016, there was one transgender character in a major uh, studio film release. In 2017, there were none. 
In 2016, 23 major studio releases had LGBT characters. In 2017, that number fell to 14. All of which begs the question, is LGBT representation in Hollywood actually getting worse? So GLAD did a study, a report that basically tracks and releases from the seven major film studios. So Fox, Lionsgate, Paramount, Sony, Universal, Disney, and Warner Brothers. And it also grades their overall LGBT representation on a five-star scale. And basically, for within the past few years, representation has plummeted, especially in regards to trans people. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's basically the study. I could read more, but like the quality of LGBT representation in films in 2017 was, was worse than ever before, um, because it was so low out of the, out of the 14 big studio films released in 2017 that had LGBT characters, um, nine satisfied the conditions of something called the Vito Russo test, which is GLAD's LGBT equivalent of the women-focused Bechel test. Um, to pass the Vito Russo test, a film must have an identifiably LGBT character who is not solely or predominantly defined by being LGBT and who must play a significant role in the plot. For example, Much Ado uh, was about Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie character in Thor Ragnarok for being bisexual, but the scene would have made her sexual orientation clear. And the scene that would have, rather, was left on the cutting room floor. Therefore, like so many superhero movies, it failed the Vito Russo test. Uh, so yeah, that's basically what's been going on. The representation has plummeted and GLAD is keeping track of all of this stuff. And there have been, of course, gay characters, but as far as the L and the B and the T and the Q and the I and the A and et cetera. And the squared and the... There's nothing. So what do you all think that that's a result of? Because on one hand, you hear that, uh, that Hollywood is becoming more liberal and inclusive, but I mean, we got statistics right in front of us and it shows otherwise. Especially you, Daryl, as an actor. I um I would say that Hollywood still has a lot of work to do. I think that mm. what's happened in the last couple years is we're seeing people. Um, I mean, I hate to bring him up by name, but he was in the news again today because of uh, Jessica Walter, his co-star on Arrested Development. Uh, she was taped talking about how vile Jeffrey Tambor was to her. Just mm. he was really rude to her. But, um, you know, with respect to Transparent, him being ousted on that, but there's this conversation about... And he's in the Emmys. He's got some He's won it, yeah, for that role and gave a great speech. And we were like, go Jeffrey Tambor. No, for this new one. What's the other show that he's Arrested Development. Yeah, he's still like, he hasn't suffered any consequences. And I think at the helm of that is a larger issue with as far as how people view trans women. And within the Me Too movement. This is what I'm going to say. So I think because of that, because Trace, Lisette. Trace and Van Barnes. uh, Those were the two whistleblowers. Right. Trace. I think that there's a a new um, fear in the industry about touching on certain topics. And, And what you're hearing from, I'll call them conservatives, even though they won't identify as that because they're in Hollywood, but these people who want to be uh, old school about Mm -hmm. it is men feel like they can't do anything and people feel like they can't include stories if they're not telling the story right, right? So that means 
That would include hiring queer or trans writers. Mm -hmm. That would include hiring queer or trans actors. Mm -hmm. That would inquire all these things that they're not necessarily comfortable with. I just auditioned for, this was maybe a month and a half ago, a big Netflix show. I'm not going to say the name of the show, but the star of the show is a big movie star. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The scene I auditioned for was a hooker in drag, a prostitute in drag. And I went in in drag. Mm-hmm. And again, again, <laughs> and I walked, and I've never done that. I've never walked into an audition in drag. I've, this is my first time. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, there were a bunch of people from RuPaul's Drag Race there, and one of them said to me, "This role is kind of problematic." And I was like, "Okay, I'm glad you said so because yeah. this is not a drag queen. This is because a drag queen you can pl- I can play I, mm-hmm. I, as far as a drag." We saw you in Noah's Ark. Right. You can, <laughs> drag is one thing. And if you're performing and you're on stage yes. and you got the giant hair. It's and a yes. performance. It's right. a performance, yes. right? But this is a prostitute. This is someone on the street. Mm-hmm. And what we normally associate with people, uh, with sex workers, Tell it. is women who identify as trans. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I can't play that role. Yes. I booked the role and had to turn it down. I've never done that before. I booked the role. This is a good paying job with mm-hmm. a real actor. And I realized once I booked it, I was like, oh, this character's not a drag queen. I went yeah. in with purple hair as a drag queen. I was like, this is, I'm going to be as draggy as possible. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And I got there and I was like, okay, um, the rest of the people here are also drag queens. Mm-hmm. And then this one drag queen said to me, this is this dancing is on a fine line. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I have a lot of friends that are trans actresses and even I have went out for a few roles. I'm yes. not, I don't consider myself an actress, but listen, the check <laughs> is the check. Thank you. And I've gotten called. Whenever I get called or inquiries like, can you come do this? Absolutely. Um, but there seems to be these kitchen table talks that we have about not looking trans enough. Yes. I cannot tell you how many of my friends and associates have been turned down for roles because they quote unquote don't look trans they're, enough. They're not clockable. And so exactly. Yes. And so that's why it was important for them to frame that casting call as a drag queen because they want to convey to the viewer that this is a not man supposed to be up. not what their vision right. of transness looks like. And when I and the casting director when they called me because I, I I turned it down through my agent. The casting mm-hmm. director called me directly and said, "So what's going on?" I said, "And he's gay." And mm-hmm. I said, "I can't I can't in good faith. I have trans oh, friends. Please. I know. Yeah. I, was about to say, I know plenty of transphobic right. gay men, honey. Don't get me started on please. this behind this hot mic. I know. Mic. I know. <laughs> and I said, if you need me to recommend trans actresses for mm-hmm. the role, I would happily do that. And he said. We, we had some trans actors in, but the reason that the director, and this is a TV director from mm. for three, three, four decades, right? Mm-hmm. Huge. This guy's huge. Okay. He's created many shows. Uh, he said he liked your take on it because you spoke in your own voice. Whoa. And I was mm. like, so. I wonder what mm-hmm. they'd say about me. This is my voice. Thank you. My voice has never been any role, deeper. Sorry. You would not get the role. My voice has never been any deeper and never been any higher. This is my natural speaking voice. See, and that's why it's just so important for us to tell our own stories. And when I say our own, like trans telling trans stories, gay telling, because like you said, Char, there's people who are transphobic and gay. Yeah. Like if you're having well, a role. A- that's but. why it's also important like I have to shout out take this opportunity to shout out Pose Ryan Murphy's new show yes. because he has trans people right. like Janet Mock in the writer's in the room, writer's room. Uh-huh. the show stars five trans women of color it might even be six 
of color from all different backgrounds. Um, and I just think this show is going to be revolutionary, groundbreaking. Um, and, and I'm it's hearing gonna, good things about it, too. Yeah, me, yeah. me mm-hmm. too. They've yeah. had some screenings in, in New York. Um, and I want to be at the L.A. one. They had it. It was here last night. They had it already? It was last night. Damn, damn it. it. I didn't make it either. Angelica, where was my damn phone Hello. call? You got invited to the um, <laughs> Kissing Tell Radio. We can't get invited to but, uh But, yeah, this is why shows like this are so important because I, I hope, my prayer is that they will will change the conversation because typically everything that Ryan Murphy touches, it, it, he has the Midas touch with yeah. the exception of like two or three projects that I can think of. Yeah. Like Scream Queens didn't do that well and the other show that had uh, Nene on NBC didn't do that well. Oh, uh, um, New New About the gay New couple. Normal. Normal. Yes, yeah. that didn't do that well. But everything else, American Horror Story, American Crime Story, you know, Glee, everything has done fairly well. And so I'm hoping that this will really change the conversation, but I'm so sick of the politics in Hollywood as it pertains to transness because... It, but that's that's my point, right? Like, when is Hollywood going to get the memo that it's not okay for... It's not. For, for that to be the casting call. For the casting call to be men in drag playing... Because they don't want to put trans, because mm-hmm. the people that they get for the trans people, when they put transgender casting call, don't fit with their idea because they don't want to look at trans women as what we are which yeah. is women women mm-hmm. right. they don't want to look at they want to they want to hold on to a certain narrative and that's not to say because not every trans woman is quote unquote past like every trans woman is her own individual sure but the narrative that hollywood is trying to grip to and not let go of is extremely problematic, especially when you have cis men playing trans women. It's extremely problematic. And we know now. I will say I played trans on a show called Private Practice in 2010, I, I think. I didn't know that. Private, Great. Shonda Rhimes is Shonda Private Rhimes. On a show Private called Private Practice. Yes. I'm like, uh, the Private Practice? Yeah, Private Practice. <laughs> and this show. was before this conversation was happening. Mm-hmm. And I, that was one of my favorite, to this day, one of my favorite acting gigs. Yeah. Because I love the character. Mm-hmm. But, it was made very clear to me look, shortly after the fact that that's not okay. Yeah. I think it was made clear to, to Shonda, too, because yes. Grey's She's Anatomy, they thing. have a trans doctor. Same thing. Uh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Candace Kane had yes. a few episodes. They were discussing a, vi- a, a vaginoplasty yeah. on, like, four episodes. So it's, I believe, I mean, the conversation is changing, but on a, a wider scale, it needs to change because like that drag queen told you at that casting call, that what, that is extremely problematic. And yeah. I'm sure that when that show, cause someone, you didn't take the job, but someone else did. I think the drag queen who told me it was problematic got the job. And, and, <laughs> and the think pieces Naturally. will be rolling out. Yeah. They will be when the, when the show comes about, they will be because I did not think about it until you were actually saying that with sex work, with prostitution, um, you're never like people don't associate drag queens that's not with a drag that. queen. They associate trans people because that's so many trans people's stories. Yeah. Um, especially back in the day, because now we have the internet. But back in the day, it was on, on the on the street. Like yeah. I, those those some of my first introductions to trans women yeah. was North Halsted in Belmont in Chicago, and they were hilarious. It was like Comic View. They were so fu- they even <laughs> roasted me. Yeah. They, they were so funny, beautiful, gorgeous women. Quips for days. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for shedding light on that, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah, has a lot I think we have. Yeah, morally. we have a lot. To, we have a lot to to work on. I think it, it's it's going to start with telling those people like this this older white Holding man. Holding people who, accountable. This is not okay. Yeah. He heard that message because I turned the role down. He knows why. Yes. So. And he's a white man, so he, he is won't invisible. Hear, he to won't a hear lot. It for yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. He's invisible to a lot. Create um, your own content, people. So let's move on to my topic.
So I was inspired uh, by Harry and Meghan by this week with my topic. And my topic is blind dates. So in case you all don't know, Harry and Meghan met through a mutual friend who set them up on a blind date. Now, granted, their first date was at the Soho house. So I'm trusting anyone who's taking me on of my course. first date at the Soho house. Was it paid for? Um, they, he took care of everything, <laughs> of course. It's a prince. Um, and so, well, I mean the setting up person. Was she paid? No, I'm saying the person that set up the date. What about her? Did she pay for the meal? No, why would she? The, the prince paid for it. I guess. If I set you and Daryl up on a date, I'm not paying for y'all damn date. <laughs> if you want me to go that bad, might as well pay I don't for want it. you. That's the thing. I don't want you to go that bad. Oh, so they both, Harry and Megan, were looking intentions. for companionship. So she said, I know someone. So she set them up on this blind date. They went for drinks. Things went so well that literally, I want to say like a month later, he invited Megan to accompany him on a trip to Africa, a humanitarian mm-hmm. trip he was doing. And that's when he saw her humanitarian side and the rest is history. So my question to you all is, have you ever been set up on a blind date? Would you ever? Have you ever played matchmaker? And uh, how did that go? So you guys can go first and then I'll go last. So, <laughs> hmm, A blind date. Yes, I have. And it was horrific. Um, it was, I had just moved to Los Angeles. I graduated from college. This is 2010. And I remember a lot of my friends, if you guys don't know, like I'm from California, but I'm not from LA proper. So a lot of my friends, and I graduated first too. I don't know how, because I was drunk the entire time. But um, <laughs> I moved to LA and I was in Koreatown in my apartment. And I guess another friend's friend had moved to la as well and so i was not doing nothing but working and hanging out with logan and so he's like hey you should go on a date with this guy no sorry it was a girl and for whatever odd reason straight people think that if you're gay and someone attractive it's just gonna work like, have you guys ever had What do you mean, like, two gay people? Any gay, right. Any two gay like, people. Oh like, you'd be so cute, cute for my yeah, cousin. Yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah. like, we're complete opposites, and we'll probably <laughs> kill each other. Um, so it was definitely one of those. And we met at this restaurant on Beverly. Uh, El Coyote, have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. Horrible food. That's the last time I ate there. And um, they supported Prop 8, so I haven't eaten ooh. there since 2012. Ooh, what was that? And he picked the restaurant because I was I was brand new, so I didn't know where to eat. So it's like yeah. Chipotle. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he picked the restaurant and we ate there. He definitely was not my type. I wasn't really attracted to him, and I never saw him again. Have you ever set someone up on a blind date or played matchmaker? Um. Actually, it wasn't a blind date, but I played matchmaker. Um. I used to work at this restaurant in Orange County. And one of my coworkers saw someone at, who was at my table. I was a server. And she was like, oh, like, he's really cute. I'm like, oh, I can see it. My, my, my guest telling me yes. And so I made the introduction. I think, or I gave my table to her or something. I made an introduction. I was like, hey, I'm going to go on my break. You know, this is so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And she she's going to help you out. They're married to this day. Shut up. Yeah, dead wow. ass. Dead ass. Yeah, they, this was like maybe, what, am I 30 now? So this is probably 10 years ago that they met That's and so then they cool. moved to New York, got married. And so now they're living in Brooklyn, thriving as this married couple that they met on table 30. That is so, so cool. But actually, sure. I want to put you on a blind date. You're would not you the first person to tell me that I would go. I've been discussing something. I've been, 
I would. Talking about it on because Twitter. Because I know that I have the freedom, and everyone knows this. You don't know this about me, Daryl, but I, I can be a mess sometimes. I know that I can get up and go at any given moment. But you're stubborn. I'm not stubborn. You're I not just, stubborn? I just, I'm not stubborn. I just. I'm not stubborn. <laughs> the bar is not that low for me. You don't get what? to. I'm saying like you don't get to like smile in my face and pay for my dinner and I'm in love. Like I need to be impressed because I plan on impressing you and and stepping with my best foot forward. But if so you're I need that not having match. a great time, but a good or not, you're not having a good time, just an okay time. If it wasn't disrespectful, I'd stay with an okay leave. time. Okay. If I'm not having a good time, I'm out of. I don't owe you anything. I'm out of there. Okay. Goodbye. You okay. suck. You're trash. Your politics are all over the place. I'm gonna put you on a blind date. Okay. And they're probably Pierre, listening too. Pierre and Terrence have also said this. And have they followed through? No. <laughs> they're okay. too busy dating themselves. I've been speaking this into existence like dating, you for know, a while. Out there dating, not dating each other. Oh, I was like, what? Um, I've been putting this out into the universe. I don't think it's time for you because I feel like I know who you're going to be with. What? You know already who she's going to be with? I think so. It's not going to happen. It's probably going to be like another like three years. Somebody what she you, knows? What I, do you mean by I, that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know the person. But my I last hookup I did was ten years ago, and now they're married. So what do you mean you know my, who I'm going to be? My with? gut is telling me something. I'm gonna listen to my gut. No, you need to. You know what? When the show wraps, you're gonna say it like you mean it. I feel like it's not gonna be. I don't two like years. this. I don't like this cryptocurrency. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Come on, Bitcoin, ring that bell. I don't. Are. I don't like it. You know, pay with a steak. Daryl, what about you? I know that you're in a relationship. Yeah, I've not. I've not. I'm not a big blind dater or a setter upper. I feel like I tend to. This is gonna be your fault. I, well, I tend to be. Uh, I'm shy in 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 you know person. Is that like public. a parallel you have with Noah, the character Noah that you so infamously played? I don't know that I'm that kind of shy. I'm shy more like I'm not going to. Uh, if I think you're cute, I probably won't be the one to approach you. Got you. What's and your zodiac sign? Pisces. Okay. And I'm Ooh. super. Pisces. Are you March or February? March. Ooh, Deep Jesus. in it. March seventh. I'm Is like. That bad? I'm like. Oh, right March seventh. Eh. Okay. I'm sorry. Who's March seven? Oh my gosh, she's crying. <laughs> what happened? No, it's just it's it's. I have a few friends who are on March seven. Oh, okay. Um. So I don't I don't tend to go on blind dates. If 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 a date were to happen, it's generally because somebody walked up to me and said, "Hey," and I was like, "Okay." Okay. Mm-hmm. What? Which I imagine yep. happens free will happen frequently before you were. Uh, not as no, not that frequently. Really, I would say I would say when the show was happening, uh, which was oh know, ten, ten years ago. Well, <laughs> Noah's Ark. Sorry, it's like Noah. Noah's Ark. When we were touring, we were going all over mm-hmm. the country, and mm-hmm. I went to South Africa and Italy and stuff for that show. There was a lot of attention and sort yeah. of like people hollering, but not really hollering. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's Say there's that. definitely this sort of like, ooh, I'm just gonna shoot my shot and mm-hmm. I don't expect it to get anywhere, right. but I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna holler at you just in, and just I'm not in interested in getting to know you because I not think I know you, you through as a person no, at right. all. I've already yeah. figured you out because I saw you on TV. Right, right, right. And I'm gonna slip up and call you by that name a few times mm-hmm. and that'll that'll Ew, wrap it all gross. up. Gross. So that Has never that never panned out. No, not not in a situation that was okay. a real date. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like sex. So that's how you weed them out. There's a very there's a very thorough screening process that would Ooh. that would take place because <laughs> I mean there was a point when that's I w- I had just stopped dating people who watched the show. Yeah, I was like I it, I get you, it I get if it. If you know about it, then you have some preconceived notion. Yep. I can't play into that for or you. some ulterior motive. 
Yeah. I mean, I can't even, I can't even, I wouldn't even get that far. For me, it was more like, are you interested in getting to know Daryl or do you think you already know this person because you saw somebody on TV? Right, right. So um, I don't do, I don't do uh, blind dates at all. And I tend to be very much about letting people figure their own romantic shit out because I, for a long time, I could not figure my own shit out. So I never Mm -hmm. felt like I was enough of an authority to offer that Mm -hmm. input. What I will say finally changed for me, and this is something I, for years, I, even in the book, I talk about how I would never, but I finally did. I got on a dating app. Wow. And what a dating... Were you flagged? Did people think you were fake? No. Because the pictures were all very like, this is me doing something that you would never, I would never gotcha. post in real life, you know. Um, but Wait, what app can I ask? Tinder. Okay. Tinder. Because Ooh, I heard... Child, I got stories for days. We can talk on the show wrap. <laughs> but I heard that Tinder was like the the... The, the it app. Well, the dating app for gays, like, like all ago. the the other apps for gay, like the grinders and the the scruffs and the jacks, jack whatever it's called, jacked. Yeah. Those are more for hookups, right? And I could not be. It depends on what you use them for. I could not be seen there ghetto. or go there or even really engage in that sort of right right dynamic. I just was not. This is not my thing. Yeah. But I got on Tinder and Tinder. Uh. Uh, gave at least gave me license. This is something I just was not accustomed to. It gave me license to approach people that I actually was attracted to. Because mm-hmm. for the last 10, 15 years, the people I've dated have been the people who have approached me. Mm. Uh-huh. And there's something to say about that. And that's very, there's absolutely mm-hmm. something to say about that. Because every single situation, I found myself sort of going, oh. Do I actually like you? Is or is re- you yeah, am I really cute? into Were this? Or, or is this because... Yeah. You know the difference between your and your. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's Ooh. there's all these different. That's a turn on for me. It's a huge turn on, right? Low. It, the bar <laughs> is low. <laughs> was <laughs> low. The bar was Proper low. Grammar? But then. Oh, yes. You know, that gets me. You cannot text me. That gets under my skin mm-hmm. with, with, if I get text messages with, that's, with improper grammar. That's a. You're not saying welcome. that you have to write me like a, like a, a college dissertation, but if I just can't. The basics, if you're messing up the basics, I, I can't. I can't. 100. As a 30-year-old, fully functioning woman about the city. 44. I'm 44. So if we don't have our English down. Yes. Shut up. If we don't have our English down, this is not. (laughs) This is not even going to happen. Sorry, guys, for the volume in the car. I I thought you were like 37. Oh, you sweet. (laughs) But with Tinder, with Tinder, I was able to approach somebody I was actually is that how you got in your current relationship? Yes. Really? Yes. We we met on a a Tinder date. Uh, and like How immediately clicked that? nine months. Really? Wow. So Tinder's still working. Tinder works. See, wow. I had to get off of, well, to first answer my first question, I did go, well, when I thought of this topic, I, the most dastardly blind date that I had went on was I was in high school and, uh, it was just awful. I met up with the guy, uh, one of my f- girlfriends hooked us up. Met up with him. We ended up going to a house party, like a lesbian house party, <laughs> you know, hosted by the studs. Those were always fun in high school. Um, you and had studs he in just, high school? yeah. Oh, please. The oh, because you're 15 years younger than me. That's right. Okay. Studs <laughs> ran my high school. As far as visibility, LGBT visibility, yeah. we had like the the studs. Wow. They ran. There was like a pack of them, and they were all so attractive. They all looked like B2K. Just all so attractive. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we went to a house J-Boog. party, and I just felt used. Like like so many times, I, of, I often say on this platform that I was one of the first people in my friend group to have a car. Like as soon as I turned 16, I got a car. Mm. 
Um, and so a lot of people did not have that. And I did not realize at the time that I was just a glorified taxi cab. Mm. Like, you weren't really my friend. You just needed to get to work. Or you weren't really interested in dating me. Or you just Coldstone. liked the access to my car. Um, because this is before Uber. So it was either like, if you ain't going to ride by your parents, then it's the bus. And so that's just ultimately, that's what it was. We went to the party. He was nowhere to be found. Like we separated once in the party. So that's how I knew. Like he played the role. Like I picked him up. He was all over me. We get to the party and I didn't see him for the rest of the night. So somebody set you up with this dude? Yes. This dude got in your car, was all about I you. I picked and him then up. And got to the party. Got to the party and separated. I didn't see him for much more of the rest of the party. <laughs> and it was a. It was, was a it? lesbian party, but I mean, the, the what? lesbians Everybody was there. hosted, thank you. Everybody was there. Everybody was there, but the lesbians, the, the senior host. girls, An hosted party. it. it. <laughs> hosted it. And so, who, God, only God knows what he was doing or where he was at, because it was a house party. There were bedrooms upstairs. So I, I clung to my stud friends, and then when it was time for me to go, I left. <laughs> um, and so that's like one of the worst, that's the only time I can think about being set up on a blind date. As far as matchmaking, everyone knows that How I was- How old are you again for that blind date? Maybe 17, okay. 17, 18. No, because 18, I had a, a boyfriend. So I was like 17. Um, as far as matchmaking, everybody knows that I refuse to participate in it. In the past, I, I was a matchmaker, but I always ended up getting the short end of the stick as far as things blowing up and somehow it's my fault. So I don't do that. I tell all my friends now, and I have majority of my friends in Los Angeles are gay black men. So if you're feeling one of my friends, it is your job to shoot your shot. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. The most I will do is introduce you. Mm. Zaryl, this is such and such, such and such. This is Daryl. Okay, I'm out of here. I'm not going to be some type of liaison, some type of bridge for y'all to know. No, 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 no. You got to put on your big boy draws and do it yourself. Yeah, because this funny. isn't junior high school with my yeah. friend. Like but I've really. had friends be like, put a good word in, you know, hook me up. I'm, mm -mm. Nope. I've got asked nope. a lot DMs are to open. hook people up. In fact, I was having a conversation today and someone said that um, Kiss and Tell events are like the mecca for attractive people, which I didn't know. Um, but yeah, I guess people are just like, hey, can you know so-and-so? I saw any picture with them last week on Instagram. Can you know? <laughs> nope. Like, if you no. see their Instagram tagged on mine, you can go to theirs and, and slide in their mm -hmm. DMs. Say so hi. I have not done that. But I would be open to it if it were a very nice date. I'm trying to think if I've been on a blind date in L.A. I mean, in certain regards, I had a guy holler at me on Instagram and I went on a date with him. But are there any? Is there any such thing as a blind date now that we have access no. to so much information? Like, no. it, give me a name, I will find the person. Yeah, on, really. On some platform, well, right? Me some social media. Name, I'll just like, go through your friends and yeah, type in his and name find, and, and find you on social media. Yeah. So there's no, you know what they but look the like. But the date that I went on on Instagram was a very, very good one. Ah. He had been he had been following me, and he wrote me like early that summer. It was like June. We went on a date in September. And it was very, very nice date. He rolled out the red carpet for me. Nothing really came from it. Jason, this was at the beginning of Jason and I, uh, our friendship. Uh, you remember what I went oh, through with him. Yes. Um, so things did not work out, but the date was very, it was the most romantic date I've ever been on in my entire life. Um, so yeah, that that's my story. As far as dating apps, I don't do dating apps. I've tried, but I find that as a trans woman, um, I'm just heavily fetishized. It's mm -hmm. like some type of sexual novelty. It, it, you don't respect me or you do respect me until I disclose. And then it becomes, what can I do for you? I've never, by the grace of God, had like a violent reaction or a man or even verbally violent, like calling me names. It's either been 
you know, you're really pretty, but that's not my thing. I don't want anything to do with you. So I'm going to stop talking to you. Or instead of whining and dining you, like I just wore you down for two weeks about taking you out and what, what I want to do for you. And then when you disclose that you're trans, now it's all about what you can do. Can you do a split on the dick, like in the bedroom? Like Ooh. all of that is out the window. And so because I don't subscribe to that, no shade to the girls that do, but I'm, I'm done playing those games. Um, I have not been on dating apps. Do you date to marry? Do I date to marry? Who? That's a good question. I would I would like to. I would like to, but I have not been on a date in a while that I feel that anything substantial. Like I've dated just to date because mm-hmm. you know, I I don't get anything substantial from the date aside from good company and being laid up. So, I have not felt found marriage material ever mm-hmm. in dating. Ever. That I deem marriage material. Well, I was you? I was forty three when I finally found somebody who was. It happened. Worth a damn, like it's yeah. I've been that's your first boyfriend. I've no, had many boyfriends, but I'm oh, saying this is the first one where I thought, oh, we could we can, live I together and raise kids together I'm and. We don't yet, but the, you know the oh, conversations happen. It's still yeah. new. He said the nine com- months. Yes, nine months. I mean, conversations you know happening about the future, and and these are, these are. Considerations I would not have uh, made with with. I've had guys throw things in my face as far as making me feel less than, Mm. like with trying to compare me to cis women. It's like you know you want kids and things. Not to say that we can't have children because anything's possible, but I've had certain things. Like I've I've dealt with my fair share of verbal abuse with making me feel like I'll never measure up to cis women because, like I said, I do date men who consider themselves straight, and it's like when the rubber meets the road it's always some type of big hiccup that I didn't see coming or that I just chose not to see that, that might've been coming and I chose not to see. So I've been taking a break from dating. I dated a lot in March and April, but now I'm kind of just, I'm chilling out because dating is exhausting to me. And you're and rewiring your, your positive mindset. I am. I'm still a work in progress. I don't think I'll ever be fully figured out. Like all of us, we're still, we're, life, you're always learning. Um, but I just find that things are very, very complicated when it comes to me and dating. And it's not on my behalf. I mean, I'm not evading responsibility. It's just not on my behalf. It's just, that's just what comes with, with dating me. Is that? Do you think that's a that's a situation that most trans women go through? Is I that, do with conversations yeah. that I've had, but like I said, because we are so different. Trans yeah. women are not monolithic. Uh, every trans girl, I don't know another trans woman that's just like me. I know some that are very similar, but for the most part, I don't know. Like we all. But in terms of trans women who are attracted to cis, cis men, cis yes, men. yes, it's always that issue. It's always or cis you get sucked men. into. You get sucked into, like, you look up and it's like, damn, all we're doing is having sex. Like, we went on two dates and now all we're doing is Netflix and chill. Because you get sucked in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and everybody wants attention and affection and they don't let them be cute. And So, right. yeah, I have a lot of, I don't want to say baggage because that's not what it is. But I come to the table with a lot of experience. I will not be your secret. I will not be your, your sexual novelty. I will Good. not be the girl that you're calling at 2 a.m. when you're leaving the club. And I also won't be the girl when you see me active on Instagram live at 2 a.m. leaving the club that you can text me and say, what you doing? Unless you're, texting me, unless you're texting me at 2 p.m. asking the same thing. So maybe we can go grab lunch. So it's a lot. I demand, I don't want to say a lot from men. I demand the bare minimum from men, but a lot of them just cannot or refuse to step up to the plate. And uh, so that's why I'm just like, you know I what? think that's that's probably men. I would say most men 
many men, <laughs> a lot of men. Who would jet upon you? Ain't shit. I mean, you know, I think Listen, this, you don't I have mean, to tell me. You, this is your first no. time in our house. Shar has said this maybe every episode of this damn a lot messy of men show. Ain't shit. I mean, a lot of men ain't shit, but it's also like a form of accountability. Like, if you, if Shar, or let's, let's just use me, if I know that I want X, Y, and Z, like, I feel like it's my responsibility to let them know. Like, I'm not going to assume that every person knows how to love me or how to treat me. Like, I need to Well, that be, is like, true, deliberate. but I'm not, we don't even get that far. All I'm expecting is common decency, and I don't get that. So it doesn't even get that far as to how to love right. me or how to treat me. Well, you're in a I'm, like I said, the bar is low. Proper grammar. The bar is really, mm. really low. Um, and so we don't ever get that far because they're all they all show me that they're full of shit before we can even get to that magnitude of conversation. We just had we just having conversations about how many siblings they got before mm. they show me they ain't shit. Mm. So that's to that has point, been though, my experience. I do think that there's a, there is something to be said for those of us who are dating because Charlotte, you're not even interested in it right now no i go I, it happens in waves yeah. you have watching Where megan and harry i was like eh, <laughs> patriarchy knocked i'm ready for my veil you know but but i do think that there's something that we all need uh gay men need to learn straight men need to learn mm. men need to learn uh that we have to figure out what it is that we want. Come on. Mm-hmm. And not on my time. And not on her time. And, and not, not on, on my and not time. on each other's time, mm-hmm. right? We had to figure out what we want before we get in the situation. Right. So then we can communicate what we want. And if that person is not able to provide that or interested in providing that, then mm-hmm. they can move on, right? I think right. it's You know what, Daryl? That problem. speaks back to what we just said about if you're not clear, you That's need to it. get about the business That's it. of getting clear. And I feel like it wasn't until I got clear about what I actually wanted... And not Come what you on. don't want. And, and not what I don't want, because right. I had a long list of what mm-hmm. I didn't want. But that'll you, help you find what you do want. It does help whittle it down, but then you, you're <laughs> but stuck the root, with But right. then you're stuck with all this negative. I don't yeah. want that, I don't want right. that, I don't want that. Yeah. And if any of that shit falls up, you know, comes comes into play, I'm mad. But mm-hmm. what do you actually want? want. What are you looking mm-hmm. for? Yeah. You know? Figure that out and move towards that. Because yes. it's there. You just gotta mm-hmm. we're so accustomed to, you know, turning things down and, and Yeah. And, and also, you know, the negatives is not going to be so bad because you found what you actually wanted versus checking off what you don't want. Right, right, right. But I think that we, we are also, like you said, we're accustomed to seeking out intimacy because we are lonely. Mm-hmm. And that puts us in a, in a, in a situation of, oh, yes. of desperation. desperation as opposed to. And being able to get fucked over. Honestly. Also, yeah. deadlines too. Like, I have the deadline in my head. I wanted to be married by 30. So I was See, I'm not a deadline girl. I didn't need to because I had this settling. idea of what I, the roadmap I wanted. Yeah, my deadline was more so professional. My deadline, like my mm-hmm. benchmarkers in my head. I yeah. wanted kids. It I wasn't. It didn't have shit to do with family or relationships. I could have cared less, and that might be Surprise. also why I, <laughs> you know. But I do know. But I, you're both I know young. You're, bo- you're not even thirty yet, right? We're both 30. thirty. You're thirty now. Okay. We're eighteen days apart. Eighteen We're, days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're Jeez. both 30, but <laughs> I do know what I want, speaking to your Guess point. Older. I also know what I do not want, and so that comes into play. Typically, when I sit down with a man, I give everybody equal opportunity. I really, really do if we're on a date. But typically, I can tell by the end of the date whether it's worth it or not. And I just choose not to subject myself or put myself through unnecessary nonsense because I, I have learned to lead with discernment and trust my spirit because I'm typically right. Not saying that I haven't been wrong in the past, yeah. but I'm typically, 
I've done this dance. I have done this dance. And so I know what comes with it. And I'm not in a position or I don't have the patience to teach you uh, certain things that I think that you should know as a fully formed adult man. It goes back to like the, like the point you just made, like men, a lot of men need to come to the need to do some soul searching and come to the table with what they want. And like, what are we out here that, doing? A lot of that happens in your thir- for me. Mm-hmm. happened in my 30s mm-hmm. I, I would say at the end of my 20s I was like I know everything and I turned 30 and I was like I don't know shit mm-hmm. and oh, there was some and there yeah. was some freedom in that I was like oh I have some some, some stuff to learn and I don't have to know everything yeah mm-hmm. there was actually I love that moment turning 30 was were like great. college part two See, yeah mine weren't mine weren't but I do know I am Mentally always open to learning I know that I understand that life is a classroom yeah and I am Ooh. open to always learning about myself I, I understand that aspect of it but I feel like most men that I come across I'm a little bit more in tune with Char's wants and needs and do you than, date men your age or older I've typically been, typically they're younger well, than me ironically that's the problem but I can't help <laughs> it I have to listen Zach I get it no honey I get it I, I've had the same I've had the same problem I have to date who wants Char 100% I get that and for whatever reason it's like 23 year old 23 oh yes they've been that young when i was younger though okay not now i haven't the guys that i've been dating now i mean the youngest that i dated within the past month was 25 so he was five years younger than me but 25 is very very young to have any semblance of an idea what you want out of your life yeah but i'm saying a lot of the guys that i do attract for whatever reason are younger and I find no issue with a lot of women that I look up to. I, always, I often talk about this on the show. The women of The View, most of them are married to younger men. But Wendy they Williams got married to them when is they were a younger older. man. They were in their 40s, right? right. I feel no. like when you're in your 40s and you're no. dating someone in their 30s, it's no. a different story. No, 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 no. They all got married in their 30s. Paula Ferris, she had graduated college and was dating someone that was like a freshman. Um, Sarah Haynes, wow. her, Sarah Haynes is in her 30s. Her husband is maybe a fresh 30. Like, literally, Wendy Williams, she is 53. Her husband is 40-something. They got married when Wendy was 30, so he was in his 20s. Mm. So, yeah, these are these are not women that got married in their 40s. These are women that got married in their 30s to younger men. So I've been like, okay, maybe I'm okay. But uh, they all come with just nonsense. And I give them freedom to grow, just not with me, not at my expense. Sure. Do what you got to do, fam. Not on my watch. On, on your time, yeah. Yeah, let's move on. So my topic is centered around diarrhea. No, joking. Diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm childish. Uh, my topic is centered around a uh, disclosure or when it's appropriate to talk in a situation about sexual health with a new partner or a new dating relationship in particular. Um, a lot of people, I think it was like a Twitter conversation I had a while ago about people feeling comfortable with me and I actually wrote an article about this how people have told me that my knowledge around sexual health and my public knowledge is sexy because people feel comfortable with telling me things or talking about sexual health because they know that I'm educated and I'm not going to be one of those ignorant people who thinks that you could get HIV from drinking water. Um, Saw that on Twitter this week. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry, somebody on Twitter thought you could get HIV from drinking water? A cis woman because they have this new... uh, uh, like sangria drink that's really popular that everybody claims is getting you like fucked up and there was like a photoshopped news like tv screen grab that it's giving people hiv and she thought that you could get it you know from drinking 
drinking. Real real life? Real real, real life. life. This is real life. 2018. 2018. Yeah. With with Google accessible and free. Well, That's what she tweeted. Bill Gates actually had to correct <sighs> Donald Trump recently because um, he didn't know the HPV difference between HIV. HIV. Right. But Are you tired. serious? He's yeah, the biggest ass. idiot in the fucking He didn't know the difference between human papillomavirus mm-hmm. and HIV? Mm-hmm. The president of the United States. Yeah. Shit, not my president. Not Anyways, my president. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to have a conversation because I've had I've talked about this before to my friends. Um, like, is it normal to disclose or whatever the case may be? And I kind of wanted to get your experiences or feedback or when you think it is the right time to talk about sexual health or getting tested together or how does that work? I want to be specific to a dating situation because you could fucking leave. But I'm talking about something that you're actually interested in. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. um, let's see. In my experience, uh, when sex ultimately happens, there's that pause. Like everyone gets naked. It's 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 heated. It's mm-hmm. hot. It's like, and it then, happens. And, and, <laughs> no, and then no, the dicks, not, not yet. The dicks are hard, and you're looking at each other like, okay. And then somebody says, "Have you been tested?" Right. That's generally what. The so s- it happens right when you're already naked. I'm that's, embarrassed. That's happened. What? That's happened, <laughs> that's happened to me. A couple times, I'd say two or three times. Just someone that you're dating? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, dating. Yeah, dating. Because mm-hmm. it was never. Usually, that's like a hookup situation to me, where it's just like. Well, this is the thing. <sighs> if if right. you're not talking about sex on the date, oh, well, then it just doesn't come up, right? Well, there you go. But mm-hmm. if it, the the date goes well and you mm-hmm. end up at home, or you know, the date goes yeah. well, you have a second date and you end up at somebody's house, right? And you're making out on the couch after watching. Moana or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Netflix. Uh, Then, then there, you know, then the conversation has to happen. And and in my experience, it's usually a a, an intelligent conversation. I have not been in a situation where somebody looks at me and goes, "Well, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah." What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, what do you mean by that? Why would you ask me that? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. There's always a you know a level of accountability on both on both party the part of both parties. That feels responsible and uh, truthful in this in a situation where somebody was undetectable uh, that I dated. Mm-hmm. It came up at the same time. It came up at that moment, mm-hmm. not prior to. Like we had been hanging out, we'd right. gone out and right. had drinks, right. and then had lunch the next day, and then, you know. And then when it got heated and the conversation happened, he said, "Well." Just so you know, I'm undetectable. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, that's good to know. Thank you for letting me know. I was, <laughs> We were moving into that conversation anyway because, you know, our, our, we're in our draws right, right now. Right, because I'm butt-ass naked. You know, usually it's in our draws. But, oh, you, but you okay. know, but you know what, you oh, know, yeah. you can see but everything's happening, right. right? Print. But yeah, or, you know, you see it. <laughs> so so uh, that, that situation for me was actually uh, appreciated because I just felt like, this in in this era in this in this era of prep and uh undetectable yeah. hiv positive undetectable status i do think that we all have to get um clear about what we understand and what we're expecting out of the situation right <laughs> and um you know i think that i mean this has been happening over the last i would say 10 years but when i you know when i was coming up again i'm t- 15 years older than you guys, I, condoms were not negotiable, 
right? Like if mm-hmm. if somebody was having sex, it was I mean no, that was me in high school. It was going to be wrapped college. in latex, yeah. And I had all a few the way, slip ups, but I was not playing with the condom usage. It was, mm-hmm. and I was getting text, tested every six months, regardless mm-hmm. of what I was doing. I, mm-hmm. It was like hardcore, right? And in the last ten years, you've seen it in porn. Like the condoms have just become obsolete, obsolete, mm-hmm. raw dog, and that's. I'm assuming sort of happening. I'm not dating as I wasn't before even my uh, my current boo. <laughs> I wasn't doing much dating because I'm just not. I wasn't on the apps, and so mm-hmm. I, you know I was yeah. twiddling my thumbs most of the time. Uh, but as I understand it, that sort of become normalized, and if the fact that that's uh, why I got a, ri- a rising gonorrhea cases and a new a super gonorrhea. I was about to say there's right. a super gonorrhea that's uncurable. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that there's a there's a new disregard for uh, safe sex, and like yeah. you said, porn is very influential. In a Absolutely, lot of yeah. I think porn sh- completely changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, there must have been a people must have been looking for it because it, it once it happened in porn, it blew it up, exploded, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that there was after that twenty years of latex, everyone mm-hmm. was like, okay, I just need to see a fucking mm-hmm. dick, a raw right? dick. I, I need a dick. Um, so I, I'm glad that the conversations are happening, but I think that the conversations need to move into prep and uh, undetectable, yeah. the undetectable status. I think we need to the keep, resources. <laughs> we need to keep getting educated. I think mm-hmm. that yeah. not some of us got stuck on uh, late. You know, those of us who are my age, we're, we're very condom right savvy. Yeah, savvy. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then things shift, I mean, we shifted were when we weren't looking. When yeah. we weren't looking, I want to say right? in, in school, like it was girls. beat over our heads, yeah. it, at least in Chicago pu- public school. Um, it was, I mean, I w- I'm not a product of CPS, but I know people that are. I'm product no, of we were, don't have a sex. separate district. So in don't sex, sex ed, I went to a Christian we went to a Christian school. school. So in sex ed, it was like, you know, we saw the pictures in the books and, you know, like it was beat over our heads. And I I actually broke up with someone because he cheated on me and ended up contracting gonorrhea. I've shared this story before and I I broke up with him at 17. I've always been a very cut and dry broad. Gonorrhea at 17. Lord have mercy. He slept with two different people during his uh, birthday weekend. I was away. And he slept. While he was dating you? Yes. He was my boyfriend <sighs> at the in time. In a hotel room. And his best friend threw him a hotel party. Those were popular in Chicago amongst the teens. And LA. And he slept with two different people. And in hindsight, I always say that I admire him for <laughs> telling me because I can think of guys that I know that would have been, that would have shit, rather shit their pants publicly than to tell me or written it down. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he was a man about or it and told me over the phone. And, like, bullshit for right. a couple days but he knew knows that if i would have contracted anything then i would have blown up he and his mama's house you put uh, blown up all of chicago and so so yeah i feel like the conversation i know for me i always get not iffy but there's a certain stigma around black trans women and hiv and certain stds um, Wait, and I don't know about this. Go, go, oh, go into this. Oh, there's a huge, because people conflate, like what you were speaking to with your uh, audition, yeah. a lot of people conflate trans women with sex, sex work. Sex work. They don't think that trans women can be, um, and there's nothing wrong with sex workers, but they don't think that trans women can be, uh, I guess, quote unquote, functional members of society. I'm doing air quotes with my hands, guys. Uh, meaning that we can work nine to fives. And so, and that even goes on 
today. But what, how about the fact that sex workers tend to be more educated about oh, yes. sexually transmitted diseases But you know, people assume whether you're a sex worker or you're the little girl in school who's deemed a quote-unquote hoe, people just, there's things that come with that. Yeah, yeah. So people don't look at it like that, like, oh, she's a sex worker, she must be on her stuff. It's looked at as you're just disregarded, you're a second-class citizen, you're mm. subhuman, mm-hmm. you're dirty, dirty, you're nasty. Right. And so uh, I find myself having to navigate that conversation has never really been brought up with guys that I've dated but when it has been I can think of one time that it that it came up and I had to stop talking to him because he seemed in such awe that I worked a nine to five I guess and you know this is why representation matters he did he was in awe that a trans woman was like functioning in society he just can wrap his brain around. Where it. did you find this person? I can't even remember <laughs> where we met. Because that's that's even... shock, that's that uh, I should be shocked by nothing considering this administration. But no, this that and, to me and is this guy was insane. not black. I should say that he was Middle Eastern, but he was so shocked. like he would grill me on things about my career and things that like people like wow people respect you like like as a human. I mean, he wouldn't say that verbatim, but that was like in the in the realm of questions that he would ask yeah. me. I'm like, damn, why are you? These are normal questions, A to B. Like, yes, I am a normal person. And so it was a reflection, in my opinion, of how he viewed me. Like, you're sitting up here trying to, you know, guising yourself as if you want to date me. But in turn, you're showing me that you don't even view me as a human or as someone who is capable of functioning in society, a part of this ecosystem um, that should be left in the shadows or what what Hmm. have you. He came to the relationship or our date, our courtship with his preconceived notions, and it made it appear as if he was totally fine with dating a trans woman, when hmm. in reality he wasn't. Because I was like a, a, a fucking mystical unicorn to yeah, him, yeah. just because I went to work, yeah. just because I had coworkers. <laughs> it was it was crazy, and so uh, he, that is one of the people that I had the STD conversation with, and I'm like, I'm clean like i don't have anything i really don't <laughs> well be careful with those because clean is opposite of dirty yada, yada, yada. okay so i'll change my verbiage thank you but uh i do not i'll just say i did not i do not have anything um i do not have any sort of uh std um and so but he kept pressing me on certain things we never got to the point where we went and got tested together because he had me thinking well shit do you have something because he kept bringing it up but Mm -hmm. i learned that he was conflating the worth and the value the worthiness and the value of trans women particularly black trans women as being like these dirty these dirty little secrets literally you know what i'm saying and so yeah I find that I have to watch that. But for most, for most people that I've dated, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that that conversation has not come up. That conversation regarding sexual health, I have not brought it up and they have not brought it up. Is which there a reason is, why for that? No, I can't say that I've ever given it any thought. Hmm. But in, in hindsight, I'm not that sexually active i mean not to put my business out there but (laughs) estrogen will lower your libido and you won't be feeling it Mm -hmm. and i never i've never been in a position where i felt like i've owed a man so i don't owe you anything i don't i certainly don't owe you my body um and so yeah i'm embarrassed to say that that conversation has come up few and far in between and i don't know maybe some of the women cis and trans listening can weigh in is this something that comes up when you all are laying down with these men's or these women's or whoever you Mm -hmm. lay down with but i just know in my personal experience it has not really come up i still do use condoms um 
And yeah, I mean that's that's just what it is. That's interesting. No guy has ever brought it up to me. No guy has ever been like, Charlotte, let's talk about sexual health. Let's go get tested. No, no man that I've ever been with. Wow. Especially yeah. in LA, has ever brought it. Is up Is that a gay me. man thing though? Let's go get tested. No. Straight couples don't do that, do they? Let's go get tested. Probably the first I, time, yeah. I wouldn't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure like, maybe after a while of them like dating together, but I think the first time. I don't know of any straight, straight couples couple. that I have tested together. Bird. You yeah, do? Our producer is straight. She says yes. I personally <laughs> don't know of <laughs> any. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say straight. I should say cishet couples that That's have. That's what I meant, cishet. Yeah, yeah. that have yeah. gone on field trips to get tested together. I yeah. Um, in my particular experience, I actually asked a question more general about not necessarily dating, but just having sex. And a lot of people said that that's not a conversation, like you said, Shar. Um, a lot of people do not have their conversation about sexual health before engaging in sex, whether that be someone that they're dating People probably think or, it's awkward. Yeah. And I can't I think say why I have. Awkward talk. Well, you know what? What I will say is that if I were to have that conversation, it would be before that. I don't think that I could be like. Before we could, you're butt naked? Yes. I don't think I could be in my bra and panties and be like, wait. <laughs> it would have to be no it would have to Wait. be at dinner you can make it sexy though. it would have to, nope nope i don't See, think that there's I could always, be, for me there's a there's a because once i'm ready i'm ready there's probably a guy thing the segue of we're having a we're at, we're at dinner having wine bringing bringing it up then to me is more awkward than bringing it up when we're actually not for me hot and heavy not for me not i'm for at me. dinner I'm at <laughs> really dinner. you bring it up not for me <laughs> I, look, I love talking about sex anyways, and so people having a conversation with me is not a big deal. Um, both actually with a relationship I was in, I am on prep. I've been on prep for a couple of years now, and someone that I dated uh, within that time span was HIV positive. And him, like many other people, assumed because I am affiliated with the HIV industry that I was HIV positive. Yeah. And so I remember him like, like yesterday taking off his clothes in that moment of passion and him saying like, Oh yeah, uh, by the way, it should be positive. Da, 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 like kind of mumbling it, but like mumbling, like did it matter? Which it didn't matter, but Oh, he said he was, never mind. I'm what he just told me, but, um, but it yeah, matters. it matters. But he was, he was telling me as in like, this is, this is protocol. Gotcha. It wasn't like, it matters to you. It was more like, this is what we do before we have sex, blah, blah, blah. These are my I stats. Like yeah, da, 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 da. And, um, yeah, and so of course me being educated, I was like, "Oh well, I'm negative. I'm on prep." He's like, "What?" And he was that kind of caught him off guard. So do you um, think that he, with him assuming that you uh, were HIV positive, that made it more of a comfortable thing? Like, do you think that if he would have known that you were negative, that he would have hesitated telling you in the manner in which he did, like um, casually, like, "Oh yeah, girl, it's Tuesday." Yes, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Because I have been in situations that people didn't know my background um working in the field where i could tell like it's, it's like a tenseness that is in the room like oh like all right i'm about to do this again with somebody else and because there's stigmas attached yeah it's huge stigmas and then i'm i'm shocked because i'm kind of ignorant to this as well because i've been around it for so long that like hiv like me and my um now ex he was hiv positive i was hiv negative and we had we did not use condoms the entire duration of our relationship and like fine <laughs> like because mm -hmm. i'm on prep he's undetectable and that's just how it works but a lot of people don't know what undetectable means which means when you're hiv positive um there's a very 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 low weight like 99 it's like wearing a condom but it's mm -hmm. the medication that you're on and that's the whole goal of being when you're 
HIV positive, going on medication because you're suppressing a viral load inside of your body to not transmit. And you live a happy, healthy life. Um, and PrEP, this is saying it's Travada. That's the FDA approved, which it was just approved for minors, not minors, adolescents. Um, I wonder how PrEP would affect hormone replacement therapy. I don't know. I'm not interested in getting on another. Like, I mean, I'm the the picture perfect, the mm-hmm. perfect picture of health. I'm not interested in adding another uh, medication to my routine. I it's got enough scared stabbing my thigh started, and taking <laughs> testosterone blockers. Yeah, I didn't feel, <laughs> when I started taking PrEP, I hear horror stories about, oh, I had diarrhea. Oh, I had like See, I don't different, have time for that. I had zero symptoms. Are you a symptoms. bottom with diarrhea? <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway no, so, but but i do think this is an interesting this is an interesting conversation right now because i do th- as you know jace black folks are the last black and brown folks the last to get on prep mm-hmm. we are we yeah. are we are far underrepresented in terms of uh prep mm-hmm. Medicaid. I mean, we started making campaigns people. for us two years ago when it was announced that happened. And black year. women lead the charge, if I'm not mistaken, lead the charge of the newest like New HIV, cases. HIV cases. HIV cases. Now, why? Are, now, why is it that black folks are so squeamish about? I mean, there's oh, there's there's, the there's, there's, there's <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But there's also They're evidence of of, of of black folks being used in medical cases. Henrietta Lacks. Yes. Shout out to Oprah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Shout out know, to the, didn't they do something the Tuskegee, with Tuskegee, Tuskegee with Airmen. the syphilis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, given that public school history is not teaching us any of these things, what is it that keeps black folks so... I disagree. Well, I went to public school and that's where I learned health class in high school. My junior year taught me a lot about sex. But you went to a good school. I did go to a good school. Um, but you, you I learned- You were in public school, right? All them No, it was, it was a public school. It was a public school. I remember in fifth grade, they separated us by gender and we watched the puberty video. Seventh grade, we learned about sex, but they skipped over the masturbation part. I didn't even know what masturbation was, but you had to have like a permission slip. And then they ended up just removing that from the program. Um, that is so dangerous. That, that was seventh grade. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Christian School. They didn't even talk about this. Oh, shit. no, they didn't. No, actually, um, seventh grade, I was in public school. But, and then in high school, that's when they kind of like, you know, quote unquote, scared us. That's when the pictures of gonorrhea and syphilis and this is what it looks like if you do this. Oh, so you had, you had it in fifth grade, seventh grade, and high school? Yes, yes. I think I had it in seventh grade and it was the real basic. Like, this is what the, this is what the this ovaries is the look like and these yeah. are the testes. Mm-hmm. And the cartoons. It was like yeah, childbirth it was all cartoons. And like biology. It was totally Wait, I did watch the childbirth video. That was seventh grade. In high school, it was more so. STD awareness because mm-hmm. they knew that them hormones were raising at the speed of light and it was going to be tonight. Shout Seventh out to grade. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> uh, that was high school. So we, I did learn a lot in high school about it, but it also, I want to say it scared me. If I'm Do being you know honest, it, it scared me into not, like I was still sexually active. Oh yes, I was getting down <laughs> with the get down, but I was still very like, like I've had girlfriends laugh at me because I've, I've, I can remember being 16 and inspecting penises before I performed uh-uh. oral sex. You were lifting As up the balls. Oh, yes. <laughs> At 16. I used that flip phone and flipped open that light. Or hold on, why you got to turn off the lights? To, oh, yes. I was inspecting. Yes. That's the kind of girl I was. You guys you. know I'm a gaudy broad. That's the kind of girl that I was even Listeners, at 16. America. And beyond, inspect that dick. Inspect I was. that dick. We're not about to have <laughs> the lights on, and then all of a sudden you hit the lights and drop your I pants, fucked. and I just go to town. No, I want to look at. I want to see. Get a clear view. I want. Oh yes, I want to yes. see. You know, but it's funny that you said scared because that is one. The first time I had gonorrhea, that was what scared the fuck out of me because I was and this was and I it was New Year's Eve some. 
What well, a way to ring in the new year. Right. Hello. Gener- on your birthday, Char, I was in a clinic. And um, I remember just me being so fucking terrified. And the doctor laughing at me like, it's just going to read it. Here's your shot. Go home. And I'm just like, no, like I'm sick. Like I'm just having like, a I whole, felt like, like that in college. Meltdown. In college, I was tooting and booting. Mm-hmm. And we used to have <laughs> monthly, <laughs> we used to have monthly free rapid HIV tests. And I would just go to go. Um, but every single time, even though I knew I was having protected sex, I'm I was in your high school. No, this was college. Oh, I'm going to say college. Um, but I knew that I was not having a uh, protected oral sex. I don't Which think I, I ever chewed with pe- a condom on. And that's what fucked me up. Cause I contracted gonorrhea from receiving head. From if, receiving. Even, oh yeah. You told me that. Yeah. The throat. And I could, I didn't know you could have gonorrhea in your throat. So that's, that's that sounds so trifling. Cause I was like, how many times have I gotten head? <laughs> Well, I was shook. I remember I would I've be never gone with sweating have you? bullets. <laughs> I would be sweating bullets. They prick your finger. <laughs> they put you in that damn waiting room, and you're watching the clock. In that 20 minutes, my whole life would flash before all of the decisions. Were you uh, after, draws? after all of those drunk fraternity parties and doing what have you with the what have you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, everything was fine. But th- those 20 minutes would... would I'm stuttering thinking about it because I would be so shook in that waiting room. My literal entire life would be flashing before my eyes. You get Um, used to it as you get older. Oh, no. I'm still not used to it when I get tested. Oh, I'm like prick. Even though I know that I'm not sexually active. Like that, like I used to be. Like I used to be a train off of the track, Uh-oh. like folks inside a wheel. Oh Jesus! I mean, I did. I Sorry, make this no you? secret. I make this no secret. High school and college, I was out here. Okay, um, but yeah. So, well, folks, have the conversation. It is important. Whether it's at dinner or when you all are in your draws. Yeah, whatever. I'm not a draws girl. I'm gonna have to do it at dinner because once I'm I, once I have disrobed, it's time to get to town. Disrobed. Okay, since we're, talk- <laughs> since okay, we're talking auntie. about it. <laughs> Since we're talking about it, can we give examples of how to segue? I think, I think because I am one of those people who don't. (laughs) Why don't you kick this off? Because I'm, but I'm not. I'm not. I'll I'll, I'll segue this shit. When it gets into the point where we're going to be sexually active, then yes, we're going to have this conversation. I think I'm too blunt for the conversation. Like that's why it has to be at dinner. So a good way to do it. Because if I'm in my bra, give me the segue. Give me the dinner conversation. When is the last time you've been tested? So you have six brothers. That's crazy. Um, when was the last time you've been tested? It's no, like, not that. At dinner? At dinner. Like, give me, <laughs> give me the conversation. If How I'm at dinner, segue? if I'm at dinner, What's your color? Pink. I think that I would first. <laughs> you got the clap? Because I don't want to talk about exes, but I do want to talk about relationships <laughs> and what you bring to the table and what did you learn from your last relationship, maybe. like You talk about that on the first date? I or would. Or the second date? The I would. Second. I'm, keep in mind, I'm a journalist, so I'm going to, <laughs> having a date with me is like, welcome to the Oprah show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book and a pen at the dinner table. Uh, on the first so place. I want to get to know all aspects of you to determine whether you're worth my time past the bill coming. Um, and mm. so I would, that that's probably a segue that I would use. I would say, you know, well, what what are you looking for? Why me? Why do you want to date me? If you don't mind me asking, what what exactly are you looking for? What in what ways do you think I can contribute to your life? And if he asked me, I'd be able. And then there's other ways that you could just pinpoint that. But then how would you ask? Like what would you say verbatim? Like I probably would say, uh, in all honesty, because I'm a cut to the chase type of girl. I would say, if you do not mind me asking, mm. when was the last time that you were tested? Are you very sexual? Are you out here? I bet you really out here, ain't you? Ain't nothing wrong so with you need to being, make a joke about ain't it. Ain't nothing wrong with being out here, boy. 
When but is see, the last time see, you were this tested? Is, this is this is the part that I find if you don't mind me dicey. asking. That's a great way to that's a great way to get into it. But because, and in, in my experience, I'll just speak from my experience. On a first or second date, you're working very hard to say the right thing, to to be in the right lighting. Like everything is about is true. impressing this person and not putting them in a position where they feel like they have to retreat or be on but the it's defense. Best to My do sexual it then, health right? is on the line. It's best to do it then than down the line. Agreed. Because if Definitely they do retreat, you touching them, but I'm about to say if they do retreat, we're only two dates in. We're not two months in where feelings have involved. We're still at the beginning of things. So it's best to just get it over with. <laughs> with gonorrhea in your throat. It's best to just get it over with. When is the last time you were tested? If you don't mind me asking, that's how we frame it. And if you said, I do mind you asking, I'd be like, wait go. a minute, bitch. <laughs> you know, like, wh- why do you mind me asking? I would press that. Why do you mind me asking if you don't mind me asking? Huh. But that, the, I think, I believe that that is the way that I would frame it. All like right, I said, I'm, in America? I'm no good ready. once I've disrobed. The world, actually, are listening. Once I've the disrobed, I'm ready. The yeah. car engine is revved up, and we're about to be fast and furious all up in this, all up in this boudoir. See, I will shut it down if I need to. Like, it, are you, someone asked you, have you been tested? No, I'm saying it's in the bedroom. If the situation is in the bedroom oh. and it gets weird and they don't want to talk about it, I'm like, okay, well, then I'll. Well, then I got to go. I got to yeah. go. Thank but you. I feel like in the bedroom, once everybody's hot and ready, like a little Caesar's pizza, I feel like they'd be more <laughs> susceptible to lie mm. because we're, we're hot and ready and we're about to go. I feel like they, in my mind, I feel like a person would be more honest you know what? before we're undressed. <laughs> but if somebody's going to lie, they're going to lie anyway. I always, that is true. I go into every situation. But they're situation. more susceptible to they're more, lie. They're more likely to do it in, once they see the body, honey, and they're ready to <laughs> ready to release that gas. You know what's funny about this is because <laughs> at the end of the day, whether you ask or not, or they're showing you papers, someone could go have sex and be negative for everything and have sex the next day, and then you fuck them on the day after yeah, that. Yeah, like, that is you true. You never know. So I always go into situations like this person has everything underneath the book. Yeah. So what am I doing to prepare myself just in You do case? have to take responsibility for That's how it. you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. Which is so, why it doesn't come up for dinner. It doesn't come up at dinner for me. It's like, I assume you have everything. Until right. you tell me otherwise. So why don't you assume that when you all are disrobed and you stop the track and stay fat? Because I feel so like the conversation is going to happen. The conversation yeah. has to happen at some point. See, to me, that what works for you works for you, Daryl. For me, that that would make that's too awkward. I'd much rather have it. She already got her her hair tied up in a bun. <laughs> I'm ready. Listen, she found her scrunchie. Once right. I am ready to go, she tied it up. I am ready to go. There are very few things that could break my concentration unless you like pass gas or something. Then I'm done. I'm over it. Well, folks, have the conversation, <laughs> and you got a little few tidbits from the trifecta of the episode. All right, what's our next segment? Um, we're going to do a quick little, um, talk, talk, chitty chat with Daryl. I think we've already learned a lot about you throughout this episode. I talk so fucking much. I mean, we it's, like it's that. Good, though. We like that. You know, and we you always, are just yeah. a hero to so many, myself yeah. included. We oh, always, you, we always frame this when we reach out to people to be on the show, we always say you are a guest, not an interviewee. So we have like your part of the conversation. Right, you've waited so, on the topics. Yeah, and, and so we love that. thank you because people get really nervous because people think they're gonna talk about oh my job. I'm like no, we want more about who you are as a person. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. This we is appreciate more, more that. Per- this show, I researched. I'm not a podcast person personally. I'm I'm so into music that if I'm in my car or at the gym, I'm listening to music. Yeah, so right. Yeah. But I ch- I checked you guys out and I, l- I liked how Podcast how blunt is an acquired taste. It I liked is. how blunt you guys uh you guys go straight for which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Sharpshooters. <laughs> yeah. Um. But Daryl, in the um, 
in the genre of heroes, do you? Because I remember watching Noah's Ark when I was battling my almost how do I say figuring out my sexuality. It wasn't mm-hmm. really a battle. The battle was after that, um, and not with myself, with the world. Um, but do you ever like? I'm sure people come to you all the time or write you about, you know, how you inspired them from the character you played on Noah's Ark. What's like been the most heartfelt message that someone's ever like given to you? If there is one. I mean, there, there's, there are so many. I can't, I really can't give a, like a top one. You know, I write about this one in the, in the book. Uh, there was a young man, this was back in the MySpace days, uh, Ooh, named MySpace. William. Remember MySpace, y'all? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, who Thanks. was a fan of the show and had uh, found me on MySpace and we connected and talked and he, you know, he expressed his, his love for the character and the camaraderie and all that stuff. And then uh, he communicated that his, his church, mm. churchy mom mm-hmm. had essentially mm-hmm. disowned him when he came out to her. Mm-hmm. Him, her. Um, and, you know, we had, we had, we had some conversations about it. Like we had some back and forth about what that means. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the responsibility of elder gays, and I I consider myself an elder gay because I'm middle-aged now, to, to, to be, uh, present and available for younger people to speak Mm. to and to give sort of input on what that process entails I feel like we have to get a lot more uh, vocal and present and uh, visible mm-hmm. for them to know that there are people out there who have been through this. I think the gift of Noah's Ark for me was that it put me in a position where people could see me and say, you have answers about this. You've, been, you've navigated this already. Mm-hmm. How can I get through this? And ultimately, you know, he kept going to church with his mother. He, he would not let her disown him mm-hmm. he, he, he stood his ground Good for and him. they reestablished their relationship and she has come back to the table with uh, you know it, this is this was a learning experience for me and that's the other thing i think that what what i learned in my own coming out experience my mother's initial my mother's initial response was not welcome to the yeah. club right. yeah. you know it was like it was like what flag. yeah it was she was not immediately cool the Even very they next say a mother always knows and you would, and i knew she knew and uh, she yeah. insisted that she did not it's Same. when the words are said it, i think it yes. makes, it makes them it more real yeah. mm-hmm. and it, and she freaked out that night and then the next day she came in and apologized i mean it was it was a quick turnaround yeah Thank God. but even that revealed to me that this woman is not per- she's not the woman who i have sort of looked up to mm-hmm. as goddess in many yeah, ways yeah does is, is a human being and they're gonna yes. make mistakes and not every parent that you tell is gonna have the right response in that moment how old yes. were you i was 19 i think i, okay. I was in my first year of, first or second second year, year of college, of college. Mm-hmm. uh and i was out so i stepped onto the campus and i was like hey I'm here, I'm here but then <laughs> here. but the last person to to get the news i think was my mother uh and so ultimately what i would say is with with that show and with that that role and and that sort of a uh, platform, it's really been I've I've I consider it a gift to be able to sort of speak and just uh, talk to people about um, that process because it's a big deal for us. Mm-hmm. I think black folks, for whatever reason, church are 
behind the curve in a, on a lot of these mm-hmm. oh my topics. God. I mean, well, in fairness, I, I, I don't think that's a specific black situation, but because we're in the community, I feel like it feels amplified because there are plenty of conservative like white the people. documentary we just watched. There's plenty of conservative white people and other people I who agree. are not. I agree. But I, I, have, but I, I feel I like know, black folks... Be based on our history in this country, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Should have a leg up on understanding. I'll, I'll give difference you that. does not make you bad. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Marginalized, I, marginalized folks people, need to understand right. that marginalized folks need love too. And right. speaking to your to your point about coming out, I always tell little trans girls that write me, little up and coming girls, yes, that write me, uh, to understand that what this is something that I had to learn with my own coming out because I essentially came out twice. Um, it's a coming out for everyone. Like my transition was a transition, of course, for me, but it was a transition for my siblings, for my yeah, parents, yeah. for my aunts, uncles, cousins. It's a transition for everyone. Um, your character, Noah, for me, meant so much to me because before I uh, acknowledged my transness, before I had the knowledge and the language and the academia mm-hmm. to, to back it up, um, I was gender nonconforming feminine. And so I'll say that what Noah's Ark did for me was a double-edged sword. And I'm going to tell you why. So it was representation that someone hyper-feminine could be in a, would, would I call you and Wade healthy relationship? But I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but have healthy support system and a relationship. Yeah. Where it messed me up at is that I was given the, the license to lay down with men like Wade, mm. but men like Wade never publicly claimed me mm. like mm. the TV showed me with Wade and Noah. Am well, I there was sense? that third, the third episode of the first season. Wade has issues bringing Noah. Right, yeah, I remember that, but I appreciated yeah. that. Which is, I, had I thought, never seen I thought that was a really important episode because yeah. I think up until that point, it was a, fairy it was tale. a little bit of a fairy tale. It was, it was like, a fairy it was like tale. this dude Where's is really bullshit? going for this dude. It like, who is tale. buying this, right? Yeah, and you worked with him, and then it, and then it. They had the, that, you know, that yeah. speed bump. They had to get over that. Yeah. But it's not I always. I think it's a really good, uh, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I, I, and that's something that I learned like in hindsight. I've been doing a lot of work on myself and journaling. And through conversations with other people, I realized because like in college, I was telling Jace before you got here that uh, this woman that I that worked at the university that I went to, she was a fan. Older black woman, middle age, was yeah. such a fan of Noah's Ark. She had uh, both seasons on DVD and the movie Jumping the Broom. Oh shit! And we used to beg her; she would let us, but we would beg her to watch it. Like if nothing was on TV, we had limited cable. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing was on TV. We'd watch. You know, and that's how a lot of my cis heterosexual black girlfriends were introduced to the show. They ended up loving it because the LGBT community who they were friends with would be gathered in the union. Yes. And watching it, so you were exposed to little old Langston at the HBCU. You're Down in Oklahoma. Um, but this. what'd you say? I say he was exposed everywhere. Yeah. But so, yeah, in, in certain aspects, I wanted to bring that up to you because, I, like I said, I was gender nonconforming and hyper feminine at one point. And, and, and guys like Wade, that aesthetic that that he represented never claimed me publicly. So that was the fairy tale aspect of it. I was able to live that through you and your friends, you know, the Ricky, the Chance, the mm-hmm. Alex, live that through your friends, but I never got to experience that because I was only good enough. And I don't know, you know, this is, I'm only speaking for myself, for the, those of you listening, because I know that we all have different stories, but I was never 
seen as good enough to, to claim publicly because of course in real life there are layers to different situations so uh that was I the gift and the curse of the show for me i don't know that that relationship uh was reflected in my experiences either i think that there was definitely a um are we gonna get into what this? elements wow well, like the, the, the aspect. DL okay, well, the, or the first boyfriend. The, thi- the the thing about that show was that the the four main dudes, got mm. main guys, uh, all existed on sort of a. I don't want to say a feminine spectrum, but a non uh, hyper masculine spectrum. Right. Yeah. And I would say all four of the well, three of the boyfriends, even Alex and Trey were a rarity. All three of the boyfriends. <laughs> Ricky didn't officially have one until till Wilson's character Junito. But all three oh, of the, yeah. the main boyfriends were hyper-masculine dudes. Mm-hmm. And there was never... A firefighter. Yeah, <laughs> and they were like straight men. Yeah. All of these actors are straight oh, men. Oh, really? All of them. I did not know that. So it was, mm. it was an interesting sort of thing to be presenting with this story about empowering us to be our yes. gay selves. Yeah. When the men that we're all aspiring to be with in real life... Are unattainable. Or, are unattainable. Yes. Um, and that's something I've never talked about, but the fact that you brought it up, I, yeah. I, th- I feel like it is important to touch on that because it did It did present this very fairy tale version of yeah. what a gay relationship looks like. And mm-hmm. you can be your, you know, your so-called sissified self mm-hmm. and get the most macho trade mm-hmm. in the book. And, Come on. And really, is that how it works out? It's certainly not that clean and not that simple. No. That's like a heteronormative. It was a very heteronormative. I still cry. I still cry cry at uh, Tedra Moses' version of Who Knows. They played that when uh, Noah went to Wade's house, like, and and Wade opened the door with the towel, and you guys had your first, your little sex. Yes. Um, they play it's music soul child look it up on YouTube guys because I don't think it's on iTunes or anything but it's music soul child song who knows but it's Tedra Moses' version it is so Mm. fucking beautiful Patrick heard Tedra's album in my car Patrick the creator of the show Mm -hmm. I was a huge Tedra still yeah Tedra Moses fan he was like who's this her affiliation with Logan no ask Logan about Tedra Moses Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> but um, so yeah, that that still that song still brings tears to my eyes. I'll be in the shower and it'll come on, you know, like a little YouTube playlist yeah, I've curated. And yeah. it, I mean, of course, my mind always goes back to that. But the show was just so important for me because I I saw myself in particularly Noah and Alex because yeah. I felt like Noah mm-hmm. represented pieces of me. But as far as personality and all Alex the old magazine dirt, yeah, yeah, no, Alex was uh, Rodney's character, yeah, yeah, who was with Trey yeah. the firefighter, right, 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 uh, right. who always said, "Gert, what's your, you know?" Like, mm-hmm. So yeah, that that show meant a lot to I'd venture to say a lot of different people, whether they be gay, trans, what have you, um, and and just thank you for that. You represent that character that you played, and even you, Daryl, represent just such a... <laughs> and he's so humble. A pillar of just, <laughs> like, representation when there was none. Yeah. We didn't, really, was... we didn't really know what we were getting I'm sure ourselves no into. Idea. There was really no way to know that, mm-hmm. but as soon as we recognized it, I think that it was um, necessary. Yeah. There was no way for us to back down, you know? And I think that... The first people we heard from, the first vocal fans I heard from anyway, were straight black women. Really? Mm. 
Then lesbians. They probably didn't have an understanding. Then lesbians. Uh-huh. Then gay dudes. And then everybody the gay dudes were trying to figure it out. First of all, we couldn't find closet. the damn logo channel. Right. But for some reason, <laughs> right. straight women were the first ones who, I think they probably saw Trey or Jensen. Yeah. Uh, Trey who played, I mean, uh, Greg played Trey. Uh-huh. Um, Greg Keith. Uh, and then they stopped. And they were like, what is this? Right. And they're like, oh, it's gay guys. The storyline is great. But then, but then they got sucked in, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But they were, the, they were the most vocal. And it was really interesting for me anyway to have so many straight and I dare say churchy. Yeah. Black straight women. Oh, it yeah. happens. Um, vocalize or just, or just communicate how much that show meant to them and how mm-hmm. they loved these men. And it was yeah. contradictory in, you know, based on their own Tara and all them. Story, stories. <laughs> how, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tara, and, and Leslie and, De- and Devin mm-hmm. and, and Shay, all these women in the, I in the, heard of the Midwest really, on Twitter mm-hmm. um, <laughs> were, were communicating how much they love these characters and that they wish they had friends like these. Especially up against, as a, as, a, as a teenager who was sneaking, I shouldn't say sneaking because my mom and my dad didn't have their foot on the programming that I mm. watched. But I remember... But a lot of people did sneak to watch yeah, the show. But I remember I more I so snuck that. and yeah. watched Queer as Folk. Yeah. But then when I went back as an adult, I tried to rewatch Queer as Folk in my mid-20s and I could not get into it. I did not realize just how white that show was. Like, there were literally no black people in this fictional New England city that they lived in. And I loved Michael's mom. Michael's the main character. I loved his redhead mother. She was my favorite character of the show. And Justin. Because I was able to relate as far as, like, the young... Because I dated older... Sharon Glenn, was that her name? What's the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sharon something. Glass? Something. But I was was able to relate to being younger and dating older men because I did that. Yeah. And so, but but I'm saying like in comparison to that, like Noah Noah's arc was true representation. Um, Queer as folk was like know? a, a fan. There were a lot of there I wasn't doing of... poppers and cocaine right, and in right, the club right, with Brian right, and all of that, all of that craziness. And so we really just did not have that. And it was just such a fantastic show. Another episode that stood out to me, and, and as we're talking, they're coming back to me. I wanted to ask you as an actor and as a gay black actor. Was it difficult to film the, uh, it was really such a sad scene, when Noah got gay bashed at the gas station? There was like a scene that Noah yeah. got into it with Wade and was like walking home, I think, he or was, something along yeah, those he, lines. He'd done a talk show and on his way home. He was gay bashed, he was gay bashed. and left in the parking lot. Yeah. Had broken ribs and all of that stuff. So was that, how, how was that, how challenging was that for you as an actor? Or was it just a scene? You know, uh, by that point, I felt like I was really able to get into, uh, we're wrapping it up. Okay, Bert. Really able to get into what that experience would have been like for a man like Noah. And I feel like, uh, you know, I was wearing a poncho and cowboy boots. Full on Noah. Just Mm -hmm. very, I was in my Noah, Mm -hmm. my most Noah, right, at that point. And... Um, I don't, it wasn't difficult because I felt like I could, I was able to go there. Mm-hmm. The harder part was Jensen and I had a scene after the fact where he had to apologize to Ooh. Noah for not mm. being there. Eh. I, need, I need to rewatch this. That, eh. yeah. I'm I get, you, I get emotional now because college. it was so, yeah. it was hard, it was hard for us to act because Jensen is cool breeze, right? Jensen is not doing this like I'm sobbing at your yeah. at your feet type of shit. Right, like he's right. a, he's suave, he's he's hard, he, you know, right, he's hard, you do right. this uh-huh. but he's not doing the sobbing stuff. Noah, yeah. I could do that shit because I'm a, I'm an emotional wreck yeah. anyway. But 
that scene, he he went to the depths of his mm. Mm. soul to find yeah. that <laughs> and pull it out for that scene. And it was right. a really tough. That was really tough to shoot because that's real. That's yeah. that re, that real. is a real situation. And we, I know, there's people at my gym who I will see just pop up online have been mutilated yeah. walking home mm. in West yeah. Hollywood. Mm. Yeah, in safe. Gay Haven, right. West Hollywood. Yeah. Racist and as well. Racist but. ass West Hollywood. I saw a, a, a white drag queen with a pink wig and blackface two weeks ago. In 2018, the year mm. of our Lord. But go ahead. Full on, so, full on blackface, waiting to get into Mickey's on Santa Monica. But go ahead. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, the apology scene is Whew, yeah, what was the was most rough. difficult I'm sure it's YouTubeable. Where I don't know. Logo's find... very Viacom is very hardcore about not having this shit on on YouTube. Really? Where can we find it? Uh, I believe you, you know? can stream it on Amazon. I think okay. there's a logo. I don't have a DVD player. I've had a, a DVD logo. player in like five years. You know, you one. can get it on Amazon. You can Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. I but you got to so. pay for. I think it. you have to pay for it. You got to pay by episode or by season. Pay on top of the Prime account. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Because they have oh. Sex in the City like that, and I'm like, I have HBO, HBO Go. What? Like, I don't need to. Pay I think it's for on Logo.com also, though. I okay. think it's streaming for the free, free, free. For the free ninety nine. We gotta check it out. I haven't watched that it. That was one of the forever. best, most groundbreaking uh, programs on TV. Thank and you. You were part of Thank history. You. Thank you. It was all about the so timing. Much to so yeah. many people. Thank you. And groundbreaking too. Yeah. So really quickly before we jump into the KAT kudos, did you have a game for? No. Okay, really quickly. So, uh, Zarel has <laughs> a, a book out. Is this a new book? Uh, it's about two years old, I think, a year and a half. Okay, well, we're still going to talk about it. It's called How to Get Your Life for Good. Uh, it's Required Reading by Daryl Stevens. And, you know, in this book, he steps out from behind the scripted characters that he plays to open up um, about experiences like never before excuse me, he opens up like never before about his experience as a black gay man in Hollywood. He shares personal stories about being closeted on set, dating in the age of hookup apps, visiting a black church, and feeling daunted by the notion of being a role model. He's mm -hmm. straightforward and unapologetic in his pursuit of authenticity and encourages the reader, which will be you and I, listener, to be as well. But mostly he just wants you to Hashtag get your life. I added that hashtag. <laughs> so this book has endorsements by Dr. Janice, who's your mom. Yeah. The mm -hmm. one and only RuPaul, who I randomly saw in West Hollywood last Saturday. Randomly. I feel like leaving I've heard the dry cleaners. Like and uh, Khaleesi, mother of dragons. <laughs> no, oh. mothers. RuPaul's drag. You know, we all call her mother. Yeah. Mother. Oh, yeah. I was like, you got Game mother of Thrones Jones. on. So this book is available everywhere online. Looking like Swahili but... trade. Okay. Okay. This it's kind of Wakanda, right? I just just turn mm -hmm. around. This is very Wakandan cover, <laughs> mm -hmm. but this book is available Again, everywhere online. Trends. But if you guys really want to rush and get your hands on a copy, go to lulu.com. That's l-u-l-u.com, and please support Daryl's book. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I got Thanks, your sure. first. I book. can't wait to read this. You got the novel shortcomings. The novel. shortcomings is filthy. So. This it looks was, like a quick uh, read you know too. It is. It's, like, it's a good. It's a good beach book. Yeah, it's, it's like I like that term. I love a good read. So yes, uh, once again, it's called Required Reading: How to Get Your Life for Good by Daryl Stevens, and that's S T E P H E N S. Thanks, Ma. Oh yes. <laughs> so uh, let's hop into the K T kudos and get out of here because we're like on a three-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
All right, time for the kiss and tell kudos. So this week's KAT kudos goes out to Sephora, my former employer. Yes, I saw that. Like a, a decade ago. Literally, I worked for Sephora back in 2009 when I was an undergrad. Uh, but this is from them.us. Sephora knows that it is a comfortable space for, cosme- for the cosmetically inclined. And for the past three years, it's been building up what it means to be that kind of community space through its store programming. In 2016, Sephora launched complimentary in-store classes for those experiencing major life transitions. Classes for confidence up to this point, those classes have focused on workforce reentry and beauty in the face of cancer with participation from community organizations around the country. In June 2018, Sephora will launch a series of in-store programming around the country for a trans and binary community hosted <laughs> by, I mean, excuse me, hosted and developed by transgender Sephora cast members. Cast members is what Sephora calls their employees. Oh, I was like, there's a show going on? No, because we were called cast, and then the storage room was called backstage. Uh, the cash register was cash wrap. I know that's common, that's but they'd cute. be like, it's, yeah. It's a show. Sephora yeah. puts on right. a show. Oh, oh, yes. Kind of like Abercrombie, we call it people models, but they sell clothes. Yeah. So on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, May 22nd, <laughs> the first preview class was held in New York City. Shout out to Isis King, because she was a part of that. Um, besides in-store classes at 150 locations, there will be a series of video tutorials on Sephora's various YouTube channels led by Sephora's trans beauty advisors. Topics will cover color correction smoothing the skin and other topics suggested during focus groups with trans members of the community if you're an ally or hoping to support the program yourself there's a specific product line uh, that you can pick up next your next purchase that directly funds the programming it's the sephora collection retractable brush it retails for 24.50 in store and online and the sephora stands fearless Lipstick, which retails for $12.50 in store and online. Both directly fund the community programming. So you guys make sure you check that out. Go to your local Sephora, support the trans and non-binary communities, honey. And I'm so excited about this class because the girls, every girl, whether you be cis, trans, or otherwise, needs to know how to put herself together. I firmly stand by that. You need to know how to, if you're that kind of girl. Not every girl wants to wear makeup and stuff. But you Mm -hmm. need to know how to curl a lash and curl your hair. Every girl needs to know how to put Humpty Dumpty together so you don't have to end up shelling out $300 for these Hollywood people to put you together when you want to go on a date Mm. or something. Mm, mm, Every girl mm. needs to know how to blend an eyeshadow or pick a lip. So congratulations, Sephora, and thanks for being outstanding allies. One more time, if you want to support financially, you can. Uh, th- this is Sephora Collection brushes. The retractable brush is twenty four fifty, and the Sephora Stands Fearless lipstick is twelve fifty. So shout out to them. I'm gonna buy some lipstick. I'm gonna buy some. I'm gonna buy a retractable brush. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love this. I love this. Each I love other, it. Right. Huh? If we're practicing on each other, what's the what is the brush anyways? I don't get it. It is I guess it's retract when I hear retractable, I think travel. Well, brush for what? Travel like size. For your hair? No, 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 no. This is face brush. brush. Oh. Like you can pop it out and it's like probably a powder brush and then pop it in, throw it in your purse. Oh. That's just what I think. I don't know yeah. if that's what it yeah. is. I don't that's know what shit I think. about makeup or curling your eyes. I'm really excited about this. I, I really enjoyed too. Sephora was one of my favorite jobs that I worked because they gave full size gratis. That means gifts. Oh, like, I'm like, what's gratis? Full size, like 
full size. Like we were the first people <laughs> like to Camry. We got like Kim Kardashian's first fragrance before it was available on the market. The Rollerball. Mm. Um, and they don't get when I say full size, I don't mean like like the samples that you get at the register. Like if they full were size. giving away got a lotion, full size. Full size. Got and it. then they take like, that like little. Sedan? I don't understand. They take that little <laughs> etch a sketch pen that you you know when you had your TI eighty three plus calculator and your teacher engraved it. Or was that a Chicago thing? That's a Chicago thing. So you know what I'm Bert knows what I'm talking about. Engraved it with what? <laughs> well they bur well they engrave no, it's like a little drill pen and they would write your name on it so no one could steal it because stealing these calculators, these a hundred dollar yeah, calculators I how much they cost. was popular. So at Sephora, they will engrave your employee ID number so that I can't get something full size and give it to Daryl and then Daryl return uh, it for the cash. Because uh, you can't get my employee it's engraved in there. Yeah, yeah. So they get full size gratis. It was one of my favorite, favorite jobs. Krispy Kremes and Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets in the back. Mm. Uh, just weird. And being a makeup girl, you got free nail polishes and brushes and the newest bronzer. How amazing that Sephora is stepping up. I and love it. I love the story. Mac, I love the story. time. Mac? Hollywood, get your shit together. Okay. <laughs> um, well, last but not least, uh, I want to remind you all that tickets are now on sale for our live show. The Kiss mm. and Tell uh, 100th live show is rapidly approaching, honey. Woo-woo. And these tickets are... I don't want to say going like hotcakes. They're going. They're going. And it is Sunday. They are moving. Sunday, June 17th from 4 to 7 p.m. And some VIP tickets that are moving, too. I know. Yeah. Do we have any gin pop? We, we have a lot of gin pop. We have a lot of gin pop, but they what want, do, what they is, want VIP What does VIP entail? What do we get for VIP VIP tickets? get to sit in the front. Of, so the VIP is setting us on the floor, not in the stadium. Okay. Um, you also get a gift bag. Um, priority has, for Q&A because we have yeah, a panel for, yeah ah. for Q&A as well as a glass of complimentary wine when you walk in the door I like I do if like you get Jen Pop wine. you gotta pay for your wine and you get no gift bag and, you, and, and, and your question will get answered <laughs> if it gets answered <laughs> got it but got so it. yeah tickets are on sale right now it's going down on Sunday June 17th at the downtown independent in downtown Los Angeles are you coming Daryl? And I am tickets <gasps> are June 17th Yes, tickets are $10 for Gen Pop, which ain't nothing. It's like $12 with tax. And then for VIP, they're $20. I know y'all got it. So, yeah, we'll yes, see. Yes, they do because they're buying the damn tickets. We'll see <laughs> you there. And, uh, yeah, I think it's time to get out of here. So, Daryl, yeah. where can people find you on social media if they want to interact with their childhood hero? Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter uh, and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, but less so these days. Yeah. Uh, Facebook's for old folks. And I am old, but I just, I no, just old find like I just find yeah, I have a my fan grandma's page. On I, just, I run it for my fan I can't page. even do that either. Mm-hmm. But Instagram, I and I even Instagram I'm on less. Twitter is where all the information is. I and love, even though that's my favorite. Even though social it's, media. it's it's it infuriates me half the time, <laughs> and, it, and it has my blood boiling mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, I am there getting information. That's and, Facebook for me. And, and uh, yeah, that's why I don't fuck with Facebook. You can curate your Twitter a little bit better than Facebook. Facebook, yes. you're just well, inundated with nonsense from people that you knew from 15 well, years lately, ago. Lately, Twitter's algorithms have been like all these nasty people who come up. Well, not nasty because they're beautiful, but it's more like a Tumblr page than a Twitter. Well, who are you who following? Because I don't come across Ask that. Ask them. <laughs> I get old I tweets that I don't Dick care Prince about, like Jay's favorited this from two days ago. I don't care. Yeah, that's what's happening now. That they're well, yeah. these they're, favorites of my followers things are that, problematic. Ah, uh, you following? See, I don't. Yeah, I don't have any porn on my Twitter. <laughs> you following Twitter after dark? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> my yeah, shit is all political. But at noon. So you're you're Daryl Stevens on everything. 
at Daryl Stevens on everything. It's D-A-R-R-Y-L-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. Yeah. P-H, not V. P-H, baby. Mm-hmm. All right. And per the usual, you can find Jace everywhere at Jace Barron, J-A-Y-C-E, B-A-R-O-N, and me, Char says so. All S is not Char say so because I've missed some tweets because some of y'all just... Like, my stuff should come up when you type it Says, in. Says, plural. S Says. We're doing S. proper grammar over here. Jesus. Bye, guys. You and yours. I love us for real. Until next <laughs> week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs>